podcast up and going now. Just uh, want to let you know we're we're live. I right. apologize for the of course delay that was on my end. <laughs> no, uh, no problem. Now that's all taken care of. No biggie, no biggie. Just, I was just uh, playing a couple songs to get the, the people in the right mood set. You know, got to play some of that songs. I was, I was about to start playing Freebird, uh, waiting for you, but we got like a minute in. Good, good, very, very good. We need good old classic solid gold oldies to keep these people entertained because that's what they deserve and that's what they need. We're, we're the people Gotham deserve. Yes. So I just want to wish everyone a uh, wonderful wonderful Sunday. Hope you guys are doing well. Thank you for tuning in as always for these wonderful uh, streams we got going on. Whenever we get to the chance to do it, we will do it live. Mm-hmm. Uh, Screw it, we'll do it live. It's uh, This this is a 165 uh, episode of Bloody Thumbs podcast. As as you know, what? this is C.H. Gorak here on the line with me. You Oh, you have got to be kidding me. I... It seems just like yesterday. I awkwardly called up to your other podcast and tried to talk about zombies or something. I don't remember. But anyway, this is good because it, you know, just it's just been such a long time and you know, I've been blessed to be on the be a part of this podcast. Well, thank you. I'm blessed to have you. Oh, blessed to thank blessed you. to have you and uh I myself and Splinter 47, your gracious gracious co-host here. What the gals? Uh, got to be back there. I mean, it's been a couple a couple of weeks since the last one, and I've had my international, oh, yes. international travels in between this, so it's definitely good to be back in the U.S. of A. So indulge, ladies and gentlemen, for those of you who do not know, Splinter here went on off to the land of the rising sun, Japan, and... Uh, you know, I'm, I've, I've liked and uh, reposted some of your photos, but I'd like to t- – give me the skinny about the 411, if you will, <laughs> of, of Japan. And where'd you go? Uh, I went to the city of Osaka, Osaka, Japan, just a little bit far off from, from Tokyo. Uh, did, a, did a couple of mini sightseeing and also took, took a many, many trains to uh, get to other, other places around Japan uh, – Kyoto Kobe uh, Kobe beef. I don't, if you never had Kobe Ooh. beef, that's a delicacy in and of itself. I it's uh, said to be the best uh, beef in the world, and uh, definitely live up to expectations. Like texture, it's just it's like soft, the softest meat you'll ever eat. It just it just melts in your mouth. That's how good it was. Mm. Sounds delicious and sexual. It Please made, continue. It made me. Uh, it made me almost cry after I took a bite of it. It was so good. I, man, I, I we have Kobe at um, at our office uh, uh, at at our office little restaurant, but it, it's it's like nothing really something to write home about. It looks like that like that was the masters forging the great iron steel swords like that. That's where you need to go for the right Kobe. Yeah, it's the it's the authentic Kobe because you you can only really get it there. Uh, any any other place that says that's it is probably uh, an imitation of what I had uh, in Japan. It was it was quite uh, it was quite the journey. Ch, I did a lot of did a lot of uh, walking. Even even on the first day there, I did a lot of walking. It was it was so crazy. I never I had blisters on my feet. I never thought I I would have on my feet. It was. Ooh. It was a wonderful. It was a wonderful time. Regardless of that, I actually got new shoes for for that very special occasion, and it definitely helped out a lot. I threw away my. I just left my old shoes in Japan. Whoever has it is probably wearing it right now. They have the <laughs> official Splinter 
uh, merchandise somewhere in Japan. It, they were my old, very old shoes. I, I've had those shoes for like a long ass time. I, it, they were, in, I need, I was in desperate need for new shoes, and I just, and then once I put them on, I just realized a whole world changed as I, <laughs> and I, I got a, if I got slip them on, just a whole new world. That's what I felt, man. It just, I, it, was, it was, it was that time. It was, I spent too long uh, suffering, uh, putting myself to. Uh, a couple, couple pains with just worn out shoes, man. You can't. Really, it's not good for you for you to have those shoes for so long. I've had them for like over two years. I think. I think, oh, you, have, I yeah, think you have yeah. to get new shoes every like every two. You got, years. You got to change them out. Yeah, it was it was long overdue. Uh, Hello. I needed to. I needed to get those out of there. SP. Hello. Uh oh. Hello. Having technical issues. We've lost CH. Let's give him a call back. Hello. Well, hello again. <laughs> I don't know what happened. We got dis- we got disconnected there. I saw the uh, the Skype little bandwidth indicator going to red, and it just quickly just cut the ch- cut the chat off. But uh, Belkin. Not not Belkin. No, Belkin's my. Belkin is our Newman. Belkin is my Newman. <laughs> I was about to say that. You read my mind. I've been watching uh, a lot of a lot of Seinfeld with with the girlfriend. I just ooh, mm-hmm. it's just summed up uh, a greater appreciation for Seinfeld. You're a sellout, man. Sharing your heart with somebody, opening up to people, not playing video games as much because you talk to other people. You ought to be ashamed. I know. I'm ashamed. I'm getting out. I, it's uh, no. It was you getting cool. out of the game. <laughs> getting out of the gaming game? No, I'm not, I'm getting out of the game. It was social interaction. This tag says, yeah. You, I make you sick, tag. I know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things to go over there. But I mean, but if you have any this... questions about about you know Japan in general, I could definitely answer it for you. I mean, anything you may yeah. be curious about. Uh, did you go to the Akibara or? The, the essentially the uh, the electronic district famous in Japan Akibara I'm try- there's so many places that are just uh, I can't even pronounce let alone remember if I went there <laughs> I li- I'm looking it up now I mean I'm, I know I went to a, a couple of def- a lot of shopping districts they're so uh, expansive and, and just out there I went to a bunch of them I, I ended up getting a I actually went to not the first thing I did, but it was it was definitely something I wanted to cross off the list because mm-hmm. I definitely I went to a gaming, a big gaming store inside this like five floor, uh, massive like mall. It's just that floor by floor is so much of everything, in every floor like like the fifth floor is like electronics, and the fourth floor is clothes, second floor is appliances. It's so this is a huge, huge uh, mall basically and just to add everything so i went into one of the one of the floors i think it's the second floor and there's the, just pretty much all games a gaming section and just a bunch of stuff there games that are not even out here yet like a yoshi's wally world Ooh. is there uh, i wanted to buy it but i don't oh, think i could play it on my wii u probably uh region no. locked that, that that's still that's still one of the things that really bugs me. It's like region lock doesn't really have a place anymore. I it, it's really only done to discourage international trading, and you know we we need a little bit more international trading, especially with the fact that uh, you know Australia. Oh my gosh, they are just being abused, like uh, ju- and, and neglected 
to the point of like, of where they have ratings for adult uh, entertainment now for video games, but now they right. can't even if even if it's like rated I don't know what their adult is, but like even then they still have to censor it, and sometimes even then it's just like eh, we're not going to give you a game. Like then, what was the point? Yeah, it's it's a little it's a little iffy. I mean, honestly, if you have the cash to buy it, I mean, you, I think you you should be able to play it any in any system wherever you live. Honestly, I, I mm-hmm. really wanted to play it because it was there. It was like there in front of me, and it doesn't even come out here in the states till till October. I really want to play that. Uh, yeah, Yoshi's Wild World. I, I mean, I really like what I've seen so far. I love the aesthetic, and it just it's just another it's Yoshi game. It's too damn cute. It's too. It's just so cute. It, it brings back a lot of memories of Yoshi's Yoshi's Island. This seems like a kind of a little spiritual successor to Yoshi's Island, which is something I always wanted. But mm-hmm. I I wanted to I wanted to play the the kind of the new Yoshi. It may have been Yoshi's Island two or something. It was some kind of you know re- reboot or something on on the 3DS but I heard mixed things on it so I never ended up getting it so mm. it was there Xenoblade Chronicles is there oh okay. yeah I've I've heard you know I I missed it on the Wii and I was like I was actually you know it's funny cuz I was actually reading up on like oh someone recommends Xenoblade I'll see if it's at a cheap price Amazon ninety dollars for a used copy it's like <laughs> I am I I am not made of money what the hell's going on it may have been Xenoblade Chronicles. It may have, it may be the a newer Xenoblade. Uh, I don't remember the exact name of it. I have to look. But it was a newer. I think it was a newer Xenoblade game, slated for. for yeah, Xenoblade for Chronicles X or something. Something. Um, yeah, it was there. It was a whole stand there. Uh, one of the things that was actually looking looking to partake in purchasing was uh, Amiibos. I got me. Some amiibos, very very nice. I, I, you know, it's they're nice collectibles. The only problem that apparently people have is like they're really well done, and you just like that's a really cool way to incorporate them into the gameplay. Just like that, they're always out of stock. Like Nintendo, come on, you guys, you guys should know better. Yeah, they're from what I hear, they're really out. Of, they really sell out quick uh, here in the states, but they they have a whole boatload of them here in Japan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't get anything too exclusive that is not already out here. I mean, other than one thing, I don't think the Yoshi. The, I have the Yoshi, the pink Yoshi uh, Wally World amiibo, which I don't think it's out here yet. But I just got that one because I like Yoshi. Uh, I, I didn't even take it out of the box. I'm just leaving it in the in the box for itself because I just don't want it to get dusty. Because wherever well, I just I want to it, admire it. I do because if I put it if I open it up and and you know let it sit there where I normally you know put my stuff, whether it be just just things that I normally would wear like accessories you know what like well watch uh, mm-hmm. all my other products and stuff I have here it, it'll end up getting dusty over time and I'm not very good at maintaining that so it's I have like a but a couple of figurines here that are just all dusted dusty as hell that I never really maintained so I, I I figured I'd leave it in the in the case itself, and you know, it'll be better that way. That way, I can just yeah. dust off the the plastic. It's it looks it looks very it's very cute. I mean, this is what you expect from, especially from Yoshi's Wally World. From what I've seen, it's, it, even the amiibo is cute. I, just for many collectible, I, w- I don't think I'll be using it for anything gameplay related. It's just more more collectible than anything else. Just crazy to see how much of those are out there. You know, amiibo inspired 
uh, collectibles out there. You know, they got the Disney Infinity, and then they got the yeah the whole uh, Spyro thing going on. Oh yeah, what what the you know Skylanders, that's the same thing. Yeah. yeah, Skylanders. That was the same thing that happened. You know, it's funny. Just like thinking of Skylanders and like Spyro used to be the the big cheese, and now like the franchise just went completely into a different direction. That just reminds me of um, uh, Rayman for a while, and then they had the rabbits, and that that became like the big that became the big selling point just because because those screaming rabbits, you know, just just be like ah every other time. It it reminded me of Minions a lot of the like. Huh. I don't know why these things are popular. I guess there's a good reason for it. I can't see it, but uh, you know, just not not speaking of anything else, just of the minion stuff. Just well, cause, they're they're ooh. popular enough, but I don't think I think I don't think with the case of minions, they really couldn't support their own movie. It just I'm sure it could be done, but from what I heard <laughs> of the the movie, it wasn't all, all that all that hotness uh, without <laughs> something to back it up. Mm-hmm. That's just uh, me. Uh, I always prefer the penguins of Madagascar for myself. Yeah, because like that, those are people that you want. Those are like the characters that you want to actually know about. Because they're you know they got the heist angle, they got the group dynamic, they're individuals. Like you, you can you can't really swap them out for other ones and not you know mess with the flow of the team. Whereas in minions, like they're all the same. Yeah. So I, oh, tag me. At least the penguins could speak proper English. Very, very true. <laughs> That's true. And not not broken Spanish or whatever the hell the minions are doing. Spanish and, and gibberish. But I'm, I had a wonderful time in Japan. Ch. I mean, it was my first time really going out out of the country like this. I was just on oh, a very nice. like on a ten hour flight from like LA yeah. to to Tokyo oh, to Japan. It wasn't necessarily the one of the most. Uh, you know, I was really, I, I was not, for me being kind of tall, I'm like, I'm like 6'1", and it's not the most <laughs> pleasant thing to have to sit in for 10 hours on a plane with my long legs hitting the back of the, the metal part of the, the seat in front of me. It's not really the most... I assume your legs were kind of sticking out of the side of the aircraft. I felt, like, like... Uh, I felt like I was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I mean, I feel his pain. <laughs> I I would have loved to have seen that if you took his uh, Kareem's role in uh, Airplane. Like, these. You see this? I bust my ass every single night to get up. I, I play video games every single night to get you people some good content. <laughs> it was yeah. I went on. I went on Delta, which uh, which is pretty nice. I mean, it's it, it, even even coming and going from Delta. There's like delays up the ante. I, I, mean, I had to change. I had to change a couple flights. And with me being very very an organizational man, you know, my girlfriend will tell you I'm, I'm very. I like to know. I like to know things before they happen. I like to. Know, I'm like to be. Uh, the precognition working. I'm, I'm, I'm the way that could, works. You, the if you could, you take one of those people from Minority Report and just like stick them in your bedroom, just be like, so uh, will I like what? Will I do better with toast or thanks today? Uh, you know, you don't need to add, ask me about that every single morning. Mm, no, but I'm going to. Oh hell yeah, that's how I am. I need to know every every single little detail. It, other than other than that, it was uh, it was quite it's quite a uh, wonderful experience. I it's I can't really praise it enough. I was really kind of bummed to come back here. I felt I felt kind of di- it felt kind of different coming back here. It's uh, it really opens your your eyes to the world. I mean, it's just I haven't even fully yeah. explored all of Japan, but it just it really does change you. It changed me uh, as a person and how I see things and how I appreciate. The little things here, and just just how mm-hmm. I noticed just how different 
everyone's attitude is just coming from coming from the airport from Japan to to LAX, which is not really the greatest airports, but the I gotta tell you, Japan's got the best airports, and this even even the airports have a lot of things for you for you to do. Even you can do shopping and you can go eating. It's just it's just insane. Multiple floors, as I mentioned, even with like the previous section, previous parts that I went with with shopping, there's just so much to do there, and, and the toilets are good. I, I always get, I'm gonna I'm gonna praise the bathrooms. <laughs> like Homer like, Simpson, the bathrooms are the greatest thing ever in Japan. Like they really really go all out to making sure that you have enough space in there, you got enough leg room, and you got you got those. Uh, those nice uh, heated heated toilet seats and the ones that, that shoot water up your butt that clean you it's 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 it's, it's fantastic okay they they are spoiling you over there all right you need to you need to come back to america and you are so that's a good start and realize that a bathroom is a place for you to do your business and then get on with your day if if i went to a bathroom in japan i, I assume i that would be just like actually a very very nice small hotel room just like of how good it is you wouldn't want to leave, I tell you that. You wouldn't want to leave. I was oh, and speaking of uh, of very interesting sights to see, Tag Gibby and I were thinking about what is the weirdest thing that you saw in Japan from the land that brought us hentai and used panties in vending machines. What was the weirdest thing you saw? Honestly, I can't really, I can't really think of anything that really was weird to me that stood out. Maybe because of the area that I was in, maybe they really weren't uh they didn't have a lot of those kind of weird things going on probably if i went in tokyo i probably could tell you a good handful of things i'm sure there's a lot i was actually i was actually seeking out uh panty vending machines just to buy some for the store <laughs> i was actively seeking them out and my girlfriend and i could not find any so they're uh, probably all in tokyo right now it, it, it's like japan is one of those fascinating countries being like technologically very innovative just a, uh, like this interesting small continent island where it's like this hodgepodge of different beliefs and ideals of like a long-standing morality and then on the flip side their art is just like gonzo crazy it's either respective quiet pieces or like uh, teenage machine gun boob girl attacking yakuza toughs and then it's oh what what was the um, shoot Oh yeah! Did you ask about if Bill Murray was visited anyone while they while he was filming there? <laughs> Bill Murray. Well, I know. You I, all know I, Bill Murray. <laughs> I know. I saw. I know. I was watching Lost in Translation not too long ago, and then it, it had gave me the, the the craving to go you know, try the rotating sushi. So I and we did we did a couple of those. I think I think practically almost every sushi place you go probably will have rotating rotating sushi so you pretty much just grab anything you know off the off the rotating little little table there and then they just pretty much count the plates and then they charge you according to how many plates you had i don't know how, I don't know how their system goes but i just uh i'll just kind of go with that their uh yeah their sushi was really good it was just it was pretty basic like compared to what i've had here in america normally they like to like drizzle or you know, sprinkle as much things as you can on the on the sushi itself. You know, like eel sauce or things like that here in the states. Not not so much in Japan. It's just you know basic uh, seaweed wrap with the rice and then the the, the fish on the, the the seafood on top, and that's pretty much it. You know, according whatever you want to kind of add to it, whether you want to put some you know the traditional soy sauce on the side and dip dip it in that or or mm-hmm. wasabi. Oh my god. 
I'm a I'm a you wasabi. Didn't have wasabi, did you? No, I'm a wasabi connoisseur. This is this Ooh. is known between me. I love wasabi. Like I could eat a whole giant spoonful of it and not, not really be phased. I love it. I love wasabi, but the wasabi in Japan is nothing compared to here. Like so, it's so strong because it's so fresh oh. over there. But I, I assume it. there's like holes in people's tongues from where they tried to place the wasabi. I love it. You you are a madman, and I, I appreciate you for that. But um, you, I can't handle. I, I'm 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 very white, so I can't really handle any spiciness. Like a glass of water is probably my maximum amount of spiciness for the day. And you know, just hearing that it's even even uh, more intense over in Japan. Ooh, I don't begrudge you. I you know, I'm not jealous of you eating what that wasabi <laughs> just because it's just like wow. I I'd probably just like burn off every single taste bud I'd have. Oh yeah, to each his own. It just it's just a matter of how much you can handle. I just I just love it. Like I can never get enough. Even like here in the states with the wasabi they give you, it's just like. This is like it's like a penny size. Like this is not enough for me. I need I need a big, giant <laughs> ice cream scoop full of wasabi on my plate, and I'll be happy. The thing yeah. is, but like, I don't I don't know if I would consider. It was a, it's a different kind of sensation you get with wasabi. I don't really consider it spicy like enough to the point where you're like have to drink a lot of water. I don't really get that feeling. It's just that same sensation you get with like horseradish, which is like an insane. An insane, uh, intense feeling like in your nose and upper eyes, like it makes you like. <laughs> and out of your ass a little bit later. Out of my ass, not, not so <laughs> Out of your ass a little bit later. No, I, I took a big, I took a big chunkful over there, and then it made me, it made me tear up. But I loved it. I loved the feeling. Like I t- well, I started as we established from up. your love of uh, Dark Souls, you're a masochist, so uh, you en- you enjoy that kind of thing, and uh, you know I'm I'm happy for you, but uh, just be careful. Yeah, Dark Souls and, and Bloodborne, I love I love all that masochistic masochistic <laughs> things. If they open up a Dark Souls sushi restaurant, I assume you'll be uh, co. <laughs> oh yeah, I'll be, yeah, I'll be going for sure. I'll be I'll be investing stock in, in wasabi. <laughs> That's all I'll be doing. It, yeah, I mean, it, other than other than some foods, I, I can't I can't really think of anything I saw that was weird. I mean, it's very, I guess because of the time of the, the time of the season I went to it was kind of it was that time for it. It was really humid. Like you you step out, style you start you start sweating immediately. You don't even need lotion. <laughs> you don't even need wow. lotion to survive there. It's just so it's kind of humid out there, and it just people who've lived there or been born there for a long time they adapt to it, and I I see them. There's no there's no hint of sweat on them. It's just insane. They've adapted to that that weather. Uh, They've adapted. One of the cool things they got there because just kind of because they're very they really think they really think a lot about the people there in Japan. They they think about they're really considerate about just all everyday daily lives, man. There's like vending machines scattered all over the place. It's just it's just drinks upon drinks. Any kind of drink you want to get, whether it be It'd be iced tea, green tea, coffee, soda, all that stuff. Water—it's all kind of scattered about the city. Even places that we went that were kind of like almost felt like they were off the radar because they were in kind of tropical settings. Where we kind of took a look at these uh, these temples. One of the temples we went to was the, the Osaka Castle, and which was really huge. Mm-hmm. And then these golden temples, like even there, they were like vending machines all over the place. You could just 
take it take a buy some and then just drown yourself in, in water and start chugging because you can get really de- dehydrated there for the amount of, of sweat you're kind of you know em- em- emitting out there because it's so humid <laughs> i you know it, it sounds like they're very a very considerate people like any type of needs that you have it, they will be catered to yeah and uh for me i know i would just take full advantage of that and be the belligerent uh, jerk of an American that people expect us to be just be like, you're welcome, Japanese people. Like with a with an American flag tied over my neck. It's like, <laughs> yes, don't worry, no thanks are necessary. Well, yeah, there are there are more there are more people that are more like out there when it comes to like, oh yeah, that's a guy, that person's a foreigner. Like they're away. <laughs> you might as well just put the red, white, and red, white, and blue uh, flag on them. They were so they were so out there more than more than we were. We were just kind of and kind of adapted to the culture for the, like the few amount of days we were there. I think we were there for about like ten days. <laughs> and yeah, people are very very considerate. I mean, I mean, it's one of the one of the safest countries there. I mean, I felt pretty safe there. Like I didn't, I wasn't even afraid walking out in the middle of the night without getting mugged it was pretty it was pretty chill out there man wow it was really chill i i i I can't certainly say that about uh some of the places here in america yeah it's just insane like i can't even imagine uh, even wanting to go out in you know 2 a.m in the the middle of the night out in the streets and uh even here i I don't even want to do that um (laughs) But there, I was just—it was just great. So it just felt really free and liberating. It's just being out there. Uh, it a couple of days it did rain. We had uh, one of the things you'll notice there. You know, there's a lot of umbrellas. You can pretty much buy an umbrella anywhere, whether it be like a shoe store or or a grocery store. You can buy an umbrella. It's just one of those things that's just—it's just there. Like you'll never—you'll never run out of umbrellas. And people always steel umbrellas because they just kind of they have a rack in every kind of store you go into because it you know sometimes it'll rain so you can put your umbrellas there in a rack and then pick them up after you leave you know mm-hmm. <laughs> needless to needless to say I, I stole someone's umbrella oh, by accident and you, you know it, it's kind of this like ecosystem you know it's like a circle of life you always like you take one person's umbrella and they take your umbrella it's just kind of this endless cycle that just is always there. <laughs> you're always going to find an umbrella somewhere they're always scattered around somewhere if you need one you probably find somewhere walking the streets and what? i mean one what? of the, one of the things i noticed there like you know they you know, they do ride a lot of bicycles you know that's one of the things too uh they they don't chain they don't chain their bicycles out there any i, I could pretty really? much walk up there and take a bike and probably no one would even notice. Oh my gosh! Well, this sounds like my dream since I have a hankering for stealing things. Stealing bikes. Oh, this... Stealing bikes. Oh, Japanese bikes. There's a huge black market for them. This is why we can't have nice things. No, no, it's not. But that's also why that I'm a very, very happy man because people are way too trusting of me. Yeah, it's uh, it was really, really great. You know, people are. It was. I mean, even on the subways, people have. A lot of etiquette. They, uh, it's very quiet there. Everyone's kind of keeps to themselves. Very, uh, you know, very considerate and very conservative uh, group of people there. Not you, know, you don't see very, you don't very you don't see very too much scantily clad, dressed ladies there, and they're all. Pretty, all right, I'm not going. All pretty conservative. <laughs> okay, well, 
you know, they do have some pretty ladies there, so that's good. Scantily clad, though not in season, so uh, you know that's that's a knock against you, Japan. I'm sorry, but let's say you know, no, I, I need, let's, I need... Say, let's give them a shot. Let, let, let's say they're not they're not very scantily clad, but they you know they're they they are tasteful. I will say okay. you, you can get you can get you know I think you can get enough for of some eye candy for you, Ch. They're they they are they are classy. They're classy and uh, and just 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 how the way they are, you know. You know, and that's you know, the way it is. They keep it. They leave it up to your imagination. <laughs> don't you want to imagine rather than just uh, see? Imagine there's no clothing. I wonder if you can. Although, oh, uh, you know, I, I do want to know. Uh, Speaking of of you know Japan and video games, what was are, are Western games very big there, or if not, uh, was there anything that or or if Western games were big there, which ones? I can't say I can't say for sure I, I, since I didn't really visit a lot of a lot of gaming stores. I did notice there's a lot of uh, a lot of merchandise you know for popular. You know, mm-hmm. animes and, and mangas out there. I saw a lot of One Piece, a lot of One Piece stuff over there. Uh, uh. The gaming stores I did go to, they they were they were selling Arkham Knight there. I, I, I don't know how popular Arkham Knight is, but the, I was just it was it was interesting to see that they had they had kind of like a promotional poster. You know how the whole tagline is, you know, be the Batman. So it was they had <laughs> they had the posters laid out there of this, you know, pretty much a Japanese guy in, in the Batman suit, which is cool. It was it was cool to see. <laughs> They yeah, because uh, apparently there's also um, uh, like a TV spot of that as well, where he's just going around in like everyday society, like dressed up as Batman, and then I can't, uh, I don't. No, I think it's all in Japanese without subtitles, but it's just very funny to see him running around trying to be awesome and Batman-like, and very very funny. Yeah, I mean, I saw, I just saw pretty much any any other any other games you would see here. I mean, just other than just the exception for the kind of the newer ones that are that are out there earlier than than here. You know, the examples of the of the Yoshi game and, and Xenoblade Chronicles, and it's more of a. It seems like it's more of a more of a handheld kind of. Uh, preference over there because there's a lot of like the like another D, a lot of DS 3DS uh, you know devices I've seen on people more more often than not I don't know really mobile how, gaming has really taken off over there yeah the mobile gaming's uh, yeah really ta- really is is out there I mean it's crazy because uh, I, I I didn't know how I didn't know how big Japan was it for when it comes to like the iPhone market I couldn't I could tell you I could not find a single Samsung Galaxy case to buy there it was all iPhone 6s and they have their own kind of other phone over there in Japan it's a flip phone but it's like way more advanced than any flip phone I've seen it's crazy I, no love for the Samsung over there no well, well if, if there's no love for the Samsung over there I can only imagine what the uh what the uh, uh, the Microsoft uh, smartphone is doing over there, especially since they can't even sell the Xbox Ones over there. Yeah, I heard that. I heard that the I read that the PS4 it also is not really doing well over in Japan either. It's not really selling really? a lot there. From what I saw, I saw an article. It was just, I didn't 
read the whole thing, but it was just one of the headlines I saw. I, I also I also don't see too much. I mean, it's just from my experience. Maybe I didn't didn't really look f- further enough. Granted, I probably would have seen more of this in Tokyo. I really would have loved to see to have seen more uh, more more Japanese games than I'm familiar with over there to get some sweet merch like Bayonetta. I mean, I really would love to get some Bayonetta kind of merch over there, but it really didn't really didn't offer it there. I guess it's not really too popular there either. And Metal Gear Solid is not, doesn't seem to be popular over there either. Wait a minute, what? From what I saw, it doesn't seem like it. So wait, Maybe okay. So, like Maybe. One Piece and like those, and I assume Naruto and you know all those other animes. Like, is that their version of like tra- Michael Bay Transformers here, where it's just like, oh come on, you know, there's like really good stuff out there, but nobody's paying attention to it. Like with this stuff making money. <laughs> well, that's that's just from what I've seen. I I can't really I can't say exactly what what the what the what the preference of entertainment is over there. I've just seen so many kind of variety of things. It is it is kind of strange to see that that's not the case with that, kind of the popularity of games we kind of know here. I'm sure it seems to me, this is just me speculating, it seems more <laughs> that it's a, I think Metagrasal is more popular here than it is in Japan, I would say. It's kind of taken off more here I, from what I've, kind of my own Pre pre assumptions here, and I, I have oh. no I have no facts to to back this up, but that's just from what I've seen. Hey, we're Americans; we don't need facts. Uh, yeah, I, I really I think if I would have gone in Tokyo, maybe I would have seen more of that. That that that'll probably be another trip for the future. I like to go to Tokyo for sure. See what see what uh, they got to offer there, and what kind of things are over there. Well, I I gotta say that uh, you know it's. Probably even the best-selling game over there still probably doesn't crack the top ten of sales of video games over here in the United States. Yeah, I want to so, like, do more research in, into what the kind of kind of what the culture is in terms of, of gaming, whether it be more of the, the mobile market or maybe kind of see. I'm curious to see even if there is a small, uh, you know, even if there is a, a certain amount of people that do to game on console i'm curious to see like what the kind of the pop what what kind of took off there whether it be a western game i'm curious to to know if a western game took off in in any way shape or form over there and what kind of games that are centralized from that from that country that took off there i'm I'm curious that's what i'm I'm gonna look into that furthermore to see red dead redemption was one of them oh yeah Red Dead, I can see Hello? that. I can see that. Don't you die on me, damn it! Hello. Oh, I lost. I'm gonna lose CH again. Well, the American series has a lot of Western themes and story elements. So I guess that makes sense. That is true. Tag. I would assume that's probably probably the case. Let's see if we can get CH on. Let me look up popular games. Yo yo. Hello. Hey, howdy. I, I that was that was odd. Uh, but anyway, just um, th- from what the only the last thing I really read about uh, video gaming in Japan and like the biggest Western game over there. It's strange because it's like Red Dead Redemption, which is like 
Okay, you know, that that makes sense, because it's like, oh, it's the mythologized action hero of another country. Like, I don't know, it'd be like James Bond uh, for for people who are outside of England, or uh, the samurai for people outside of Japan. Um, and then the other one's Gears of War, which is very, very interesting, because, like, not a lot of people were interested in, you know, military shooters, but then Gears of War is, like, this third-person cover-based shooter, and it's got this just seeping with artistic uh, anger, really. Like, if you took the words, if you took the phrase, screw you, and made that into a video game, that would be Gears of War. Yeah, I'm just looking at looking at an article on Otaku. This is just from the sales numbers from the, the from December 2013 to June 29, 2014, from just some of the, some of the top games in Japan... 2014 practically it's just a couple well the number one is yokai uh, watch for the 3 for the 3ds number two is dragon quest monsters 2 for the 3ds and then i see Ugh. kirby triple deluxe for the 3ds so it, it seems more geared from what i see here's some of the these seems more yeah pretty much geared towards the 3ds and number four is mario kart 8 for the wii u Wow. Uh, five is Pokemon X and Y for 3DS. So it seems more yeah, 3DS yeah, focused than that. that. It's surprising to see that Knack is on here for number eight for PS4. The what? Remember Knack? That launch game? Oh, is oh is that the is that the one with like the, the marionette dolls or uh, something like that. It's just it was one of those launch games for the PS4 that uh, you know, everybody forgot, which is usually the the case for most yeah. Launch games, uh, with exception of a, a few, the uh, number ten, the uh, Dark Souls two for the PS3. Some of these are not even really relatively new games. Well, that, yeah, Dark Good Souls gracious. came out. Dark Souls two came out twenty fourteen. So yeah, Ground Zeroes for PS3 two hundred forty eight thousand. I don't know if that's units, probably. Or hmm. yeah, so it seems if it was dollars, that'd be worrisome. Yeah, seems more geared towards, you know, handheld gaming pretty much. It's pretty much from the little bit of research I'm seeing here. A list of... the. Let's take a look now at the... Bloodborne was the most downloaded game in Japan last year, so I'm seeing that. Oh, nice. Uh, at least they got taste. Japan's top-selling games of 2014... Knack is the number one PS4 title. That says a lot Ugh. right there. Like, if that game oh, is God. number one PS4 title in Japan, they're not really... Was it just... Was there, like, a big sale that day? I don't know, man. It's so crazy. Yeah, but, yeah, it, from what I'm seeing here in the top 100 in 2014, a lot of it seems towards, uh, you know, 3DS and a couple of Nintendo console products. Not, not a whole lot of... Uh, other games we were kind of familiar with, uh, whether it be on the consoles or handheld. So it seems mainly geared towards 3DS, and it makes sense to see a couple of Pokemon games in here. And Pokemon's really big over there. I went to the Pokemon Center mm-hmm. there. Oh. That's actually one of the things I went to. Oh, please tell me there was a hot nurse joy there. I'm not seeing a hot nurse joy, but there was a lot Damn of it, Pokemon. A lot of Pokemon plushies there. Oh, Pokemon man, Pikachu what? chefs. Man, that is cool. What what did uh, what is the um, like? What did they actually sell there? Did it like did, did, is it just like a restaurant or is it just like a themed 
I don't know, like a themed uh, a clothing store or what have you. Uh, it's just it's pretty much just a big uh, kind of a big store for for all things Pokemon, a bunch of Pokemon merch, anything you can think of is is going to be Pokemon Pokemon themed, Pokemon uh, plushies, Pokemon little accessories for the 3ds, a lot of like you know snacks, cookies and candy of Pokemon, all sorts of thing Pokemon. You know, you know choose your Choose your preference of Pokemon merch, and you'll you know you'll find it there. It's pretty much that's pretty much what all it is. But it was a lot of fun to check it out. It was really cool. Uh, I didn't really buy a whole lot of things. I bought a lot of food and you know a lot of snacks there for sure. And and the, and the new <laughs> shoes. A bit expensive. That's, pr- that's practically it. And and a camera, which I took a lot of pictures with. So it was, that was a that was a nice that was a nice steal for me to buy electronics mm-hmm. over there too. <laughs> but yeah, I will. I will conduct it, further uh, further research to see kind of uh, what the what the what the hot games are are over there in Japan. Seems more geared towards uh, you know 3ds, so that seems like what's going on over there. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I'm going to take this moment. I apologize. Just going to interrupt for a second. Uh, sure. For those of you who followed uh, my Twitter posting, who are here in the uh, chat room. Uh, I said I offered uh, thirty dollars to whoever would answer this uh, little next question here, it's a little trivia. So, uh, the first person to uh, respond to it correctly uh, on Twitter will receive thirty dollars, and I'll contact you later. So, the question is, who was the fir- speaking of Pokemon? Who was <laughs> the first Pokemon created by Game Freak? Not the first Pokemon in the Pokedex, the per- the first Pokemon designed and created. Ooh. We'll leave that up to the folks listening now. You can answer it. Do it quick. You can answer it uh, right here on the Mixer chat or through Twitter. You can you can send CH a message over there on Twitter. Tweet at him, uh, CH underscore Gorog, or, or or tweet me, and I'll I'll tell you I'll uh, forward the forward the answer to CH to see if this is correct. You know, sum up his uh, cite his sources to see what what it, what it is because I don't know. So, oh, I'm American. I, mean, I'm not... I, I don't. I did we. Splinter, we went over this. <laughs> I don't need sources. I'm American. I need. I want some of that thirty dollars. Manifest destiny. That's my source from I may, God. I may answer this question myself. Well, um, you know, uh, the f- first uh, person who answers it correctly on Twitter, I will be more than happy to then uh, cur- to confirm it, and I will talk with you about it as soon as I see it. Absolutely. So this will be uh, up for grabs there, folks. If, if it hasn't been claimed already, if you're listening to the the archives, nope. you know anything can happen right now on the on the live bloody thumbs. You know this this sort of thing can can happen. Ch giving away money like it's you know like it's sand or paper. You know it's dollar crazy. dollar bills, y'all. I don't know how what sand and paper has to do with this, but hey, sand paper. I bring it that, up. Hey, depending on how rich you are, you can get the really coarse sandpaper. No, what what's on my lip is feels like sandpaper. So. Oh, have you not shaved in a while? It, it it's it, we usually when I usually I just don't shave. Like I don't I'm not the kind of person that shaves every day cuz I don't really grow a lot of hair. I really wish I could grow a mustache. That would be cool. Like a oh, they, like a pirate mustache, but uh, all all it amounts to is just, you know, little peach fuzz that that uh that feel that feel tickly when I rub it against Something so it's all it amounts to. It feels like sandpaper when I rub it when I rub my uh, fingers. I assume it. most of the people who demand that you shave so that you're not so ticklish is probably ninety percent your girlfriend. It's like 
listen, baby, I love you, but uh, I, I can't stand your, your, your whisk is tickling me when we cuddle. Exactly. And but, also, but, uh, but I digress, CH. Uh, any, yeah. any other questions you guys have about uh, you know my experiences in Japan or anything you're curious about the culture and, and just what I've experienced you know you know I could talk about it all day this is just what I've talked about it's just kind of some of the highlights that personally uh, you know I'm thinking about right now that I like the most <laughs> the bathrooms the food and uh, a lot of a lot of shopping so that's kind of the, my main three things and sightseeing uh, before Anything else is just uh, it's it's was well, pretty cool. So I mean, anything you wanna you wanna ask me, feel free to. Uh, mm-hmm. That's pretty much it's pretty much it until until the next adventure soon. Uh, hopefully, we'll be traveling abroad again. We'll I went to happens. the Ukraine. It was depressing. Went to the Ukraine. <laughs> I went to the Ukraine. It was depressing. There's, Where'd you go? It, 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 I I thought it would be like. Uh, I thought it would be like The Witcher, but it's not. It's more like end of the Soviet Union. It's just very, lots of angry Russians, lots of territorial disputes. There is no happiness. Should have gone to Scotland Yard. I, I, sh- I should have gone to Scotland Yard. At, you know, I, speaking of Scotland Yard, I was watching Austin Powers' uh, International Man of Mystery the other week with my cousin, and he... Classic, yeah. yeah. Oh my, and just one of my favorite lines ever. Just uh, uh, the Irish assassin. Because he's just like, a, yeah, every time he kills someone, he puts like a, a magic charm on his bracelet. It's like, aye, that always after me lucky charms. Why yeah. does everyone always laugh when I say that? They are after me lucky charms. Yeah, that 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 movie and the and the second one were were definitely Mike Myers is on top. Uh, you know, on top of his game back in the day. After that, oh, yeah. after that, love guru, you haven't heard from him since. Uh, he okay. So the only thing like he did outside of that was, um, like, I don't know, Inglorious Bastards, right? And then that's that's probably about it. Yeah. Oh, and the, and the Shrek movies. The, the Shrek you know, that, movies. Yeah. Hey, scared Shrekless. That was one of my favorite directed DVD movies of all time. Man, I had an idea one day. Like I, like I always wanted. If I had more time, I would like definitely just like pick through like the bottom of the barrel in terms of DVD, directed DVD movies and just mm-hmm. just watch them. And oh uh, yeah, and well, yeah, we them. gotta do that at some point. Like do like a yeah. I mean that's like just so crazy because there's so much. There's so much out there in terms of like uh, directed DVDs that I just I'm just fascinated by them. Like how you know kind of how they had the initial premise to you know make this film and you know <laughs> have it go from there to direct a dvd which is not to say that it's the, uh, every directed dvd is bad you know it's just i'm just always fascinated to see just how much of it there is out there and and, and how much really revenue kind of gets and gets back in return especially the really crappy ones like i can't imagine they can really make a lot in return, unless the people buy it from for the for the story or for the joke to, to watch them. Like just you know, cliche movies, even the ones that mm-hmm. are intentionally bad, or the ones that are like are trying to be bad for the sake of people buying into it. Like you know, I can't even take uh, I can't even take uh, what's that? What's that movie? Uh, shit. RoboCop. No, not RoboCop. Um, Dirty Dancing. No, 
Robocop uh, 2. They can't even take Sharknado seriously. Um, oh, yeah. They're okay, trying that, too hard. They are... Okay. Um, the movie you need to see... It, essentially, we just we just need a sci-fi original movie marathon. Yes. Like, th- there was like... Uh, Probably uh, all, all of them, like five of them will star Eric Roberts. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it, it's like, dude, you, you were in the dark night. You had a good thing going. What the hell's going on? You know, he's gotta pay he's gotta pay that no. he's gotta pay that rent. Volcano. I'm looking this up because there was oh, there's a sci fi movie that came on where it was just like giant spiders were attacking LA, but they were made of lava and it makes no sense, but it was just like, Huh, this is interesting because I've never seen something this crazy. Sounds right oh, up my alley. Arachnoquake. Arachnoquake. It, it doesn't even make sense. I gotta read the premise for this. Oh, and then I, I, I did. Oh, I did. I did do a live um, streaming. Uh, I'm sorry, a live uh, tweet session of a sci-fi movie. It was. It, it was essentially just like uh, a giant Soviet Union robot versus a giant shark, and it was wonderful because <laughs> the, the they had like a military. I'm trying to remember what the name of that. I'm just gonna go look through it, but um, essentially. I keep saying essentially. I'm so, I'm really angry at myself for doing that. I'll try not to do Jesus. that as much. Arachnoquake. Arachnoquake. It's um, there is, oh, uh, shoot, 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 shoot. Oh, Mega Shark versus Colossus. But the, but it Colossus is with a K. That's how you know how Russian it is. Uh, I thought it was the makers. I thought it was NetherRealm making this movie. It, oh my, it is it is wonderful. Because they, uh, the uh, the robot looks like uh, the Attack on Titan, uh, Titans meets Pacific Rim, but it just looks terrible. Like somebody slap, like slapped on some silly putty to a transformer and called that a day, and that, and they lured out. A, okay, no joke. One of the one of the plot points is luring the giant Colossus out to the ocean with a giant American flag to get it angry enough to follow it into the ocean to destroy the American flag. I'm seeing this uh, all-star cast, including uh, Edward Furlong, is in here. <laughs> oh, uh, the, You have no concept of how good these... Uh, it is obvious this was like shot in a weekend because there is like like uh, the military... Uh, <laughs> whenever they... They they cut back to like the military commanders. They're like they only have like one frame of of uh, of a shot on them. Just like listen, we can't afford. We don't have the time to shoot you from multiple angles. One one uh, medium shot will do. And the best part is that movie. The military commander he's 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 cross-eyed, but they never bring that up. So it's just the most hilarious thing to see him like try to have like a really serious conversation like we're protecting America it's like listen dude you're either looking at me or you're looking at the snack machine but which one is it yeah practically that's all you need to know about this movie because the the, the synopsis on Rotten Tomatoes is like the <laughs> shortest thing I've ever, I've ever seen an earthquake triggers a giant spider attack on the city of New Orleans that's all you need to know <laughs> I'm sold it it is it's, it's even the poster mind- looks even the postal or, looks bad. Oh my gosh! This is like it just, worst Microsoft Paint job ever. I think Microsoft Paint could pull off a better a movie poster than this. You know what's really interesting is that 
after Lord of the Rings happened, it like they they started getting like really big stars for their sci-fi original movies. Like that, uh yeah. they had like uh I think they had Sean Bean, they had Sean Astin in like a time traveling movie. They had um John Reese Davies in in a in a medieval swords and sorcery sort of movie and then and then it's, and then they went back to being crap and then I, like, sci-fi has been like the most inconsistent channel I've ever seen because it's like it started out it's like okay we're gonna run B movies and Mystery Science Theater 3000 because that's all we can afford and then they started gaining clout it's like oh let's make some original programming like Eureka and Battlestar Galactica and actually you know make some headway in terms of original good original programming it's like oh that's cool and now they're just back to crap and shark sharktopus and sharknado and all these things yeah, I haven't really kept up with with sci-fi for you know for good reasons, but uh, I actually been in the mood to watch these these cheesy, uh, cheaply made movies again. A lot of the uh, Anchor Bay kind of <clears throat> films that end up on on the sci-fi. So I'll definitely put this on the list. I still have yet to see the the one you told me about a while back with. Uh, <laughs> With uh, with what is his name? I'm all, I'm forgetting names. With well, one of the one of the people. One of the, uh, my goodness, I'm, I'm, that's all right. I'm, it's all good, no. I'm spreading I'm spreading thin. My mind. <laughs> I think this may be a sign of Alzheimer's right now. It 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 with may George, be with George Takei. George oh George Takei um. One of the it was one of those sci-fi movies, but he ended up getting killed, and I think he was on a plane or something. Oh, uh, I don't know about that, but I know f- for a fact you need to watch AI Assault because it is the oh, yeah. best comedy I have ever seen. I've seen, I've in seen years. parts of it. Yeah. Oh, it is just like so badly done. It's beautiful. It, it is. A, it's. It really should be a cult classic over uh, Sharknado. Trans- it, Transmorphers is a. Oh, Transmorphers. <laughs> yeah. George Decay and. And they had like, they started getting like really, really good um, actors for their stuff. Like, it's like okay, they got um, James Edward Olmos for uh, for Battlestar Galactica. They started getting interesting guest stars for like Warehouse Thirteen and right. uh, uh, Continuum. I think was another one that they picked up. And then it just, and then it's just like. You know that's what they love to do, but how they keep the lights on are, are with these really crappy movies. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised I haven't we haven't seen more uh, of these movies with with Steven Seagal starring them. I mean, I'd watch them. No, okay, Steven Seagal does action films, B movie action films, not B movie sci fi films. He needs. To, I think he. You know. I think it's one of those things where I, I like to see Steven Seagal experiment, you know, and branch out. You know, we've seen a lot of the the greats. You know, Arnold's branched out to do some sci-fi movies. You know, the the mm-hmm. Sixth Day, you know, Terminator. Well, it's kind of his bread and butter. He started out with 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 Terminator, but Sixth Day, all those all those other movies, Total Recall, The Running Man, Maggie. You know, honestly, you know, Arnold's, Arnold's the most you know. Diverse <laughs> actor, he, his, his palette of movies is Jingle impeccable. All the way. Jingle all the way, kids, you know, family film, family friendly film that taught us the taught us the lesson of not to be 
oversaturated with materialistic during Christmas. So all that matters is that you go out of your way and then do the best you can. Be with family. Be your family. Love you. Take care of yourself. Take care of others. That's Jerry, <laughs> the Jerry Springer outro monologue here. So, what have we learned here today? We learned that predators cannot win against Schwarzenegger. Is that cover yourself in mud and you you'll win against all all predators. I, I I'm still waiting for Steven Seagal's uh, JCVD uh, return <laughs> to form. Where oh man. Where he just, he just like he plays the washed up version of himself. Who knows? He, he's a ponytail salesman. The only, the only, hey, the you're going real, out of business, Steve. The only real movie is he's Steven Seagal's branched off and doing was uh, he was like a vampire movie. That's the only one. I, that's the only one I've seen that was on Sci-Fi. Oh, oh yeah. And I'm sorry, uh, Tag Gibby was right. It was Lava Lantula. Lava Lantula. Lava Lantula. That was that has a good ring to it. Mm. But other than that, that's uh, like they just like pair like earth like uh, natural disasters with an animal. It's like, how about snake NATO or rabid raccoon tsunami? My goodness, uh, my I, gracious! I gotta I gotta write down these movies. <laughs> yeah, it's but uh, yeah, they're just they're just doing they're doing what they do, which is you know. Really cheesy, corny, really bad movies, but uh, heck, if, it, if that allows them to produce more original material, then good on them for doing that. Right. So, what have you been playing as of late? I know you got back from Japan, but have you had time to play anything? Not not as much as I would like to. Well, the only thing I've played recently was uh, the, the, last, the last recent episode that came out for Mm-hmm. Uh, Game of Thrones was uh, episode five. Ooh, honestly, yeah, I, I got a few, I got a few things to say about that episode. It, it pretty much, I, I, I still, you know, I streamed a little bit of it for what I could. I, I, didn't, I, I, I finished the whole game, but I didn't complete the game on stream because I had a couple things to do. So, uh, pretty much to sum it off i wasn't really wasn't really too blown away by the episode really i felt i feel like this uh the series for the series of game of thrones for telltale is is not really not really a good entry point for those who want to get into telltale games it's definitely like kind of like on the uh, kind of the lower the lower lower part of the totem pole for the telltale is not really it's not bad but it's not necessarily the you know it won't blow your socks off in terms of like innovation or you know great storytelling. Mm-hmm. It's just it really seems like it's really, really cashing in on the on the series right now, serious popularity of Game of Thrones. Like not to say that there isn't any anything worth really investing yourself into. There's a couple. It had a, a, a few highlights. Here oh my and gosh! There. Yeah, any few highlights. It's not as bad as a Jurassic Park game. Oh like, no, 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 no! That's that's. That's, that's not really the low bar. Yeah, that's the low bar. But um, it's just it's just not really anything to really write home about. It's just very uh, it's very average to be honest with you. I don't know how many teams Telltale has. I don't know if this is just something that's being thrown to the, like the B team of Telltale while they work on like probably a sequel to a sequel Come season. On, Wolf to Among Us. Wolf too. Among Us. Wolf Among Us is like you know that the top the best thing they've done personally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, Walking Dead is kind of what started everything. So we gotta at least acknowledge the the importance of you know Walking Dead, and that's how it kind of 
put themselves on the map and redeem themselves from what is the <laughs> what is their uh, worst game was the Jurassic Park game. Who knows? It, it may breathe a new life with the success of the Jurassic Park movie. Maybe, Jurassic World. Maybe under Jurassic World game, Potato Telltale. Maybe they, I can see that happening. Yeah, it's you know I I like I, I like Telltale for you know ever since uh, you know I like their Back to the Future games. I love a lot of their you know the the writing that they have, but it just it's Game of Thrones in particular. This one, it's not you you hit the nail right on the head where it's it's not really about uh you you're going to be confused going into it like the, like the start of the uh the season is the red wedding and that takes a lot of backstory to kind of understand the context of what's going on right and then a lot of the voice actors from the show drop by and it feels like when it's starting to hit its stride of being Independent and its own take on the universe. Then they shoehorn in Peter Dinklage or Lena Headey, or um, they bring in Daenerys or Jon Snow. And it just it, and a lot of times it feels like okay, we don't really need this. And it's not even like The Walking Dead where it's like okay, we got a blank check to do whatever we want in this universe. It could be different. It's it's like oh, it, it would be like in the first season of The Walking Dead where it's just like. Oh, we got to meet Rick and talk with him. And you know, there's there's a few of those moments where they talk to some characters who cross over into the comic book series. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, pretty much Glenn. Yeah, that's one and, of them. And Glenn, but it it's not just like oh, um, you know, we it wasn't like just after the farm in season two or after like really big things like it is for Game of Thrones where it's like they're either about to do something really big or something after really big that was in the show. Yeah, it, it never was really alluded to what the time frame was when they ran into Glenn. It's just one of those things where it's just they're in the same universe, but they don't really rely heavily on knowing the time frame or knowing the backstory of the events that occurred and, and what happened on the show. It's just kind of a little nod to... Hey, this you know this this universe is the same. It's just you're following different stories, and and while other stories you may be familiar with, with it on the show, it's not necessarily mm-hmm. important to what's going on now, which is definitely one of the one of the detracting things of Game of Thrones because it re- relies heavily on uh, other stories that have taken place on the show and in the books. Uh, unless oh, yeah. you're really familiar with the show or the books, you're not. It's going to be a little bit hard for you to follow what's going on. You really have to have some knowledge in, as to what this, what the universe is, the universe like has what? been established already, and, and the characters mm. surrounding it. Because you're not really going to have too much of a um, strong effect on what what occurs and what they're kind of going about. Of I, I definitely expected a lot higher things on on the series for sure. It, it has it had as has had as up and downs. Mainly just mm-hmm. it's just mainly been in the middle. It hasn't really really uh stood out the most it's just no. it, it feels more like a tie-in than anything else it's not really adding much to it to the two of the uh series than what i expected telltale to do honestly it's just not well yeah because they're there. directly partnered with hbo on this project and with especially with all the the voice actors so it's just like okay you can't go too far out and do yeah. your own version of things and it's also 
Game of Thrones, which is just like there's a very specific story. How much are you allowed wiggle room in there? Yeah, and, it's just it's just there, and I just can't I can't feel a lot of investment into it because I feel like any any conf- any conflicts that occur with certain characters, I feel like it's not gonna. I feel like I can predict what's probably gonna occur with the characters you're. Oh you're, yeah, you're familiar with self in the game because they can't really do anything that's gonna overset the boundaries of of the of the books of the show. Like yeah. even 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 the the most even they rely heavily on uh, in, in, incorporating things, incorporating characters to add more drama. Where we know for a fact that we're not going to be able to do anything about these characters or have any sort of effect no. that will overall affect this game because we know because one of the things that I didn't like at all is because Ramsey Ramsey Bolton shows up again in this episode I won't say what in what capacity but this one kind of annoyed me it's like ugh Ramsey I hate you I don't want you here you're a cool (laughs) character on the show but I want you in this game because I'm not going to be able to kill you (laughs) yeah it's just it's just like I want this to be a first person shooter game so badly right now yeah, that just it just it's the added the add him for convenience and and for suspense. It just it doesn't really work for me because I like the can't stuff. do anything. Yeah, and I like the stuff with House Forrester, like the Boltons. Oh yeah, I like their yeah. conflict, They're but good, just like everything else is is like when they try to attach uh, stuff that like you would need you need to know a lot of stuff for about the characters and the context, like. Uh, Tyrion, why is Tyrion being arrested for killing the nephew? What happened with the nephew? Um, uh, why is Daenerys so determined to free Marine? And it, you know, a lot of these details, which kind of get brushed under the rug for sake of brevity, just to get keep the story going. But it's like a lot of this context that you really need, and that I didn't feel that way with um, uh, the Wolf Among Us, where it's just like you you know who these characters are. But you're not bogged down in context you don't know. Right. I just feel that this the that the universe of Game of Thrones itself does require a lot of a lot of knowledge and context uh, mm-hmm. of knowing this uh, of knowing this information in, in in the world to really get the full effect. It's not really not really the best way for and it's not really a good entry point for for newcomers of of the series. That's that's for sure. I feel like no. I feel like it can't. I feel like I'm, I'm kind of fifty-fifty on it. Like the, uh, a standalone Game of Thrones game can work in the universe. It just it, you also have to acknowledge like what's going on because there's a lot of big things going on because it's, it's a lot of a lot of families like, going, a lot of families involved and a lot of political aspects take place that that ultimately does affect the the whole the whole universe in and of itself so it has to be brought up in some way but I just feel like yeah. it's very difficult to make a standalone Game of Thrones game that doesn't have to rely heavily on what's going on in the grand scheme of things I feel like it it can be done but it's also I feel like they're relying too much on that as well which is kind of mm-hmm. it's just not bad for me because I, I know already what's going on but it can be really deter- it can be really not the best not the best for for newcomers, that's for sure. It's just no. It's just it's really really heavily boggled down by I, re- relying on what's going on 
in the grand scheme of things of the of the show and books like it just not it doesn't stand out on its own and i like a lot of the i like a lot of the stand the little side stories that go on especially the the house forester storyline i like that a lot and you know how ash is in has been sent away and he's, he's oh, yeah. got to find an army and that stuff is good like but just just incorporating you know characters like daenerys is is just it feel like it's really, yeah they didn't need daenerys they didn't need her in there and it also is making me hate her even more because she's kind of become annoying to me what well, I, th- <laughs> I think that i you know i will say this i do it, it's strange because like i don't like the inclusion of the characters but i do like the writing of i, I think this is one of the strongest bits of writing in the game of thrones medium just because they can re- they really balance the darkness and the levity without going either way you know it's overall a very dark and epic story and very bloody but kind of like the walking dead where it it doesn't go too far like i feel like the show does with game of thrones where they really need to justify the tvma rating like okay i don't know if i told you this but um uh, aria is in uh, is selling uh, oysters clams and cockles by the by the bay right. and she's She's going, oh, oysters, clams, and cockles. And then randomly, this like this guy comes up to her. He's like, how much for your little clam girl? <laughs> and then walks away. It's like, what the hell was that about? Like, that has no bearing on the rest of the show. Right. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, I, I do like that they're giving... Uh, they, they, they make the characters more obviously... Fl- not obviously, but they make them flawed in a more noticeable way. Like with Jon Snow, he's very dedicated, but this makes him very inactive at times, even though he should act in the game. And with Daenerys, it's like she has all these good principles, but when, you know, it's funny, just like as soon as they talk about the dragons, she gets like really pride, prideful and boastful, and like, how dare you hurt them? And she's, you know, she kind of loses her cool. It's like, oh, okay, that's a very interesting character weakness she has there. But, um,. And just you know, seeing all that, it it still doesn't make up for the fact that a lot of these characters really don't deserve to be there, and are just kind of in there to, uh, you know, it feels like a box art, uh, you know, a little sticker like featuring the all star cast of Game of Thrones TV series. I will, however, say I would love to see, you know, you know, they can't do too much with the overall narrative of Game of Thrones and where it's going. I want to see the. Um, the alternate universe Game of Thrones where Sean Bean decides he has enough of it after the first season and then just decides to go to war with his family and conquer the entire uh, Westeros. That would be cool. I mean, I'd definitely like to see that. Anything that... I think anything that could stand alone on its own that probably involves, you know, other interesting characters of Game of Thrones would be cool to see. It's just... Mm -hmm. I just feel like... uh, they don't give enough uh, credence to the the newer characters that we haven't seen no. on other mediums enough credit to kind of re- to support the the story in, in game on its own. Like I feel like what they have so far, are these I, I like the characters. They could definitely do a lot more with them. I like to see them more. For sure, it's just a lot of these inclusions of other characters it's, it just seems to boggle down. The story a bit more for me. I I, I don't even know where they're gonna go with the, this, this last episode. We're already on episode five, and I feel like we're kind of going nowhere. Really, I feel like this I, battle yeah. of the of the White Hills and 
and and the forest just seems like it's going to be dragging on for probably another season. Yeah, unless uh, unless something drastic happens well, and a lot it's happens. It's Game of Thrones, so probably next... everyone's going to be dead. I don't know what they're going to do with the next episode, especially how this this recent one ended. Which which I'll give credit. It was it wasn't wasn't too bad. How you know the scenario they set up on this one? I I, don't know, I didn't mind it. Like um, I just I, I it was one of those cases where I, I ended up choosing, I, I'm making a choice that will probably have more of a greater effect in terms of story rather than choosing a character that I like preferably yeah to live so i kind of mm. went that route to i, I think, think I know this what will you're make, talking about yeah i think this will make for a better story arc to go this route instead of this other route because mm-hmm. honestly i probably preferred this character more oh yeah than the other so i i think i know who you're yeah. talking about and it's just like thinking of like it's not really okay i kind of like this character but i really like this character but determining on like okay what what responsibilities do they have and what would happen i I don't want to spoil too much of it but anyway a very very interesting choice and the last thing i'll say about that's it's very telling that this is based on that this is more centered around the tv show and in and trying to involve that audience into getting this game because it's called game of thrones and not a song of fire and ice that's true that is true. You definitely hit the nail on the head because that's what pretty much this whole the whole book series is pretty much called "Song of Fire and Ice," and and you know it it goes to show that it's the same kind of marketing kind of kind of presentation they do with all these other book properties that could turn into a show or a movie. They always mm-hmm. go off of like the the name other than the books, like. You know, they would go with the Hunger Games series. They go with Divergence. And they <laughs> if, they don't, if it was the Hunger Games, the if it was the Hunger Games adaptation, it'd be like Katniss can't pick a damn love interest. Yes. So that, that's what they're doing with Game of Thrones. They're not just this Game of Thrones. That's the TV show, Song of Fire and Ice, the books. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll just uh, I'll take that fact and I'll, I'll I'll live with it. Honestly, like. If if you if you have you know seen the seen the show or or familiar with the books either one of those I mean I would still if you can get on probably a discount I would I, I mean I you wouldn't lose anything by playing it but I can't say that you would gain anything either so it's just it's has it's like, that middle ground I can't say if uh, okay like get I would say get the entire season when cheaper yeah or um. Just watch a YouTube of the choices and the and the story bits. Just, I mean, it's not the 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 big negative is the still is the crowbarring in of storylines and characters from the TV show. Obviously, there just to encourage fans of the series, and you know, you didn't really need that with you know The Walking Dead, which. Um, you know, Tag Gibby says, you know, Glenn was there for the comic book and TV show fans, but then they went their own direction. That's true. I mean, at the end of the first episode, Glenn leaves. And uh, after Herschel's farm, that's, you know, that's all said and done. And it, it's like they, they don't, like, keep on going back. And it's not like uh, Tales from the Borderlands. Uh, you know, the other 
uh, series that they're currently working on. Uh, I, I gotta say, I really like, I really dig that uh, writing, although it's a little bit uneven with the drama, uh, comedic stuff. Um, but I have to say, it's it's uh, the better of the two, and I love that you don't really need to know who Handsome Jack is to understand his importance. And they explain enough of it to where you go, oh, okay, I, I get who this guy is. Then they and then you just go on, right? Uh, but yeah, I also do I do agree with you on the point that I mean the the even though that they even though they do they do show shoehorn you know, these characters in in Game of Thrones, it is the, the writing dialogue is written you know pretty pretty good i mean it's not it is good enough to to get you to get you immersed into into the game it just you know like mm-hmm. we talked like we talked about just the shoehorning in of these characters just kind of boggle down the story and just <laughs> it just feels like it's not even worth it anymore because it just feels like you're not gonna really you feel like you have no control because these characters that are are important to the show, or not? You're not going to be able to really. Ramsey, Daenerys, John. Yeah, like you can't really shoehorn them in to the to the to their story arcs because it's not going to be even acknowledged in the show. So I just feel like a lot of that is just hard, is just boggling down the game. I, we'll see how the last episode goes. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they're going to really could make do. or break it. It could make or break me, even considering <laughs> see, seeing what happens if they continue this on the next on another season. Mm. It really I, will. You know, I, I think you know the the difficulty with doing Game of Thrones is that it's a lot about families and a lot about big organizations and how they interact with each other, and so you can't really have a new family show up without already being embroiled or having like a 30 year history with the other families because like George R. R. Martin spends like five chapters on like the third cousins who you only see for like two seconds so yeah. it's you know ha- trying to include them or try to make new uh, groups of people is difficult so I can understand why they had to provide character context I guess with the other with the other people but it's still it still feels way too it still feels like a a third limb growing out of like where it shouldn't yeah we'll just we'll just we'll just see because there were I mean there were characters that I thought I would like in the beginning of the of the of the season and then they kind of haven't really, haven't been really doing much in terms of the story it just kind of seems like it's kind of going in an unknown direction where mm-hmm there were other characters that I really didn't really think about as much, and then they ended up developing into a quite a relatively good story arc. And just by what happened on this one, it just kind of leaves me with a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of uh, unknowing um, yeah. unknowing desires to continue it just is kind of like on i'm on the on the cusp because this, this <laughs> next episode is going to make a break it for me because I, I don't know if i even will go you know on that was further. i felt the same way about uh the walking dead season two where you know i i loved season one i thought it was, like a, it was a fantastic story from beginning to end and then with season two it was it was really like i don't know how this is balancing i don't know how this is going to pay off at the end, and then at the ending, that was kind of a kind of a wet fart. Just like, uh, uh, like uh, okay, like okay, it wasn't it wasn't terrible, but you guys kind of wasted our time. 
Yeah, I would I would agree. Like, I I didn't I didn't I didn't love season two as I did the first season because the first season you know was one of a kind. It, it, it's mm-hmm. really going to be hard to re- replicate or even live up to the quality that they you know set themselves with with the first season. This season, the first season, it's a, it's a classic. I'd recommend anyone to play whether you like oh, yeah. zombies or you don't. Or you don't even know what The Walking Dead is. Uh, any, oh, man, I, I recommend I, any, anybody. Second season, it, it was you know it was kind of wasn't bad, but necessarily wasn't as innovative or as memorable or captivating as the first season was, which is hard to really really ask of that. But you know you at least gotta hope they do that. Hopefully, we'll see what what to, what to do on the next season. Uh, oh, thanks and- again. Thanks for the listening, Tag. Yes, thank you very much, Tag, and have a good night. Hope you uh, listen to the rest of this this episode on a later time. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, man, that's uh, that's uh, Game of Thrones. That's Game of Thrones in, in a nutshell for for that episode in particular. I can't believe it's uh, already it's already kind of gone by already. Like already on fifth on the mm-hmm. fifth episode, and then there's like another episode coming on, which is the last one. I haven't really been, I haven't really been paying attention to it that much because I, whenever it does come out, I I download it and just don't play it until a couple of weeks after, and then I guess that's why because I haven't been playing them when they've come out because I could I feel like yeah I didn't, I don't necessarily have to go out and play it because it just hasn't been really hasn't been really capturing my uh, attention that much. But I I played it because I bought the season pass. I expected, I was excited for it. Uh, you know, must be. Yeah. We talked once we heard about the announcement and just potential, uh, potential interest in what they could have what they could have done, but uh, mm. it hasn't been living up too much of my expectations. But I'm playing it for the sake of bought the season pass. I might as well. <laughs> Damn it! I'm gonna get my money's worth. Yeah, it was. It's not not too bad. It wasn't. At least I didn't play full play full price for it. That's yeah. all I got to say. Yeah, and. Uh... You know, I feel like maybe, A, I feel like maybe they shouldn't have done the direct partnership with HBO so their hands wouldn't be as tied with the adaptations that they were doing with the characters and so forth. And B, maybe choose a property which is more free for them to experiment around. Like, I, you know, quite, quite honestly, I would love for them to do a West Wing game. Where you know they the, all the trials and tribulations of a, the political sphere, or maybe Downton Abbey, where you know it's it's the the running of the Abbey or a Abbey or whatever. Just you know, just I like their dialogue choices. I like the the ethical dilemmas and the characters that they have. And I feel like if you give the like give them a universe where they have enough freedom to do what they want, and that will lead itself to very very good times. I'd go with the twenty four Telltale game. Yeah, dude, I I completely agree. Just I don't know if you know I don't know if I want Jack uh, Bauer back just because every time they bring him back, it gets worse for him. It's just <laughs> like a member of his family is killed, or he's suspected of terrorism, or he ends up on the run, or he's like put into a gulag. It's like, listen, just leave him alone. Like, there's how many layers of humanity do you have left for us to strip you of? Yeah, you're right. I mean, as much as I love of Jack Bauer's character and just, leave him alone, and just uh, just all the seasons uh, and all the great story story arcs and moments, like just just seeing the 
the evolution or I guess the evolution, however you want to, you know, however you want to look mm-hmm. at it, just of, of his, of his character and also uh, the people he loves that kind of become more uh, afraid to even be, uh, be associated with him because they end up, may end up, end up getting killed. That's just, that's one of the things they explored <laughs> in one of the seasons, but I, I think it's, as much as I did I, finally see the end of that uh, of the miniseries. Oh, you did. Yes. Oh, we, we got to talk about it real quick because I oh, yeah. I'd like to get oh, yeah. your thoughts on it. But to, to wrap up my my thoughts on uh, on the series in general, like I think um, I know that, I know Fox has been talking about bringing bringing that back with like a whole new cast and not not with Jack Bauer involved, which is at first I was I was kind of disappointed, but at the same time I'm like you know what. I think I think after this miniseries, it could, I think it it wrapped up in a good way. I, I could say that the last season wrapped up in a good way too. Uh, I think it's just yes. I, I feel like I feel the same way how I feel about uh, about Sam Fisher with the Splinter Cell series. I think he's he's been through enough to the point where I think it's time to kind of hang the curtains on whatever the expression is. Hang, oh. <laughs> hang the coats, whatever. Uh, put him. I don't know. Put uh, put uh, Jack Bauer out to stud. Put him out in the pasture. I don't, I don't know what the. I know what you mean though. Just like it's time to retire his jersey. Yeah, I mean, I think it's time to re- retire. Just so he doesn't really get 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 stale or oversaturated. I mean, I guess some would say that's already been done because over like eight or nine seasons but i i think it's it's a good time as much as i hate to see the character go at the, yeah, i mean it's it's time for for him to have his moment of of, of uh, solace and just like max Payne, like max Payne three mm-hmm. had that moment too where it just you know max could finally relax and uh hopefully not get in caught up in another uh cartel situation where he has to <laughs> shoot his way a bunch of uh, endless hordes of cartel members, so I feel the same way about Splinter Cell. So, like, you should, they should definitely, uh, you should definitely hang it up there and, and you know follow a new character. I think it, it's a, it was a a great run. Sam Fisher and Jack Bauer was a great run. As yeah. much as I love love those characters, you know, it, it would definitely be time for a new uh, new generation or some kind of some kind of role that involves them in a more uh, Jack Bauer Jr. Advi- advisory role, like we've talked about, you mm. know, with Sam Fisher, him maybe be him being like the Lambert for a new Splinter Cell. That would that would yeah. work. But instead, they made him twenty years younger. <laughs> <laughs> it's it, and you know, if I would, and you know, I I would still have a problem with that if I didn't love Blacklist so much. That's uh, true. That's true. If they if they recasted uh, Chris Pine as uh, Jack Bauer and he did a good job, then who knows? But uh, you know, I, I feel like for right now, if they want their story to kind of be, I don't know, more eternal, uh, constantly shifting uh, uh, story of ideas and and of this particular of CTU and everything, well, then they they should probably switch out Jack Bauer and just and you know the problem with having Jack Bauer back is that you already you already know he's probably not going to die because he's like he's like the fan favorite so it's always yeah it's always been the discussion for like almost every season like it almost loses that kind of suspense on like how he's how he's going to be able to, to cope with the 
all the other other odds stacked against him because we know he'll probably overcome it and you know not end up getting killed. You know, there was a few times where they kind of got you where you may end up getting may end up dying. I mean, season four is one of the prime examples where he, he faked his own death. Uh, <laughs> but uh, regardless, like it could, I, I like the idea of uh, either Sam Fisher or Jack Bauer taking on a, a uh, more of a mentor advisory role. Much mm-hmm. like Sam Fisher could take the role of a kind of a Lambert kind of character, and also can make way for like a new generation uh, who may play Splinter Cell, and then they will recognize Sam Fisher as the advisory or mentor kind of role, and they would look at him as so, and then we'll look at it as him as through the through the journey which he arrived at uh, to this point. So we kind of like. It kind of gives an incentive for new players, new players to play the old Splinter Cell games to kind of get an idea of what he was like as mm-hmm. a Splinter Cell. But that's too much continuity to delve into a, a series that will make Ubisoft makes them money, so they'll stick with making them twenty years younger. <laughs> gotta get, gotta get them Ubisoft dollars. But I'll give and them, but I'll give them credit. They do a good job. Yes, yes, they did. And if they, if that's how they're able to get away with it. And um, how about we talk about uh, Twenty Four and Live Another Day? Yeah, well, I'll just I'll just want to get your uh, yeah quick thoughts on it. I, uh, I know I've I've been I've been uh, kind of nagging nagging you on watching the rest of that <laughs> of that series. I really yeah I really enjoyed I really enjoyed that little miniseries. I have it on Blu-ray. I haven't I haven't rewatched it because just I I have a I'm terrible at wanting to rewatch. Uh, shows because I'm always mm-hmm. kind of looking forward and looking ahead at, as to what I'll what I'll watch next. Probably after this discussion I'll probably put it on my top priority to rewatch that miniseries again but I, what what did you what did you think of that uh, overall miniseries there? Uh, I haven't seen uh, 24 in a couple of years so this was you know it was a little bit rusty I was trying to you know get everyone's relationships down pad for the first episode uh they do a very very good job of introducing the conflicts introducing what's going on the subplots the the major plots i love you know always dealing with uh, morality and terrorism and ethics and democracy and what and you know to what lengths people go to uh to protect the country and it's interesting because jack bauer is not this He's not like Captain America in The Winter Soldier, where he's just like, no, 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 people's morality should be trusted above other things. Where it's, you know, Jack Bauer would be like, Are you a goddamn idiot. <laughs> like, people, like, we're doing this to protect people, you stupid Boy Scout. Just, and he, and it's a really good, you know, in England, it's a very, very interesting uh, series of events because it's it concerns drone warfare, it concerns. Uh, plausible deniability, and then you have uh, President Heller, who is kind of kind of like FDR, suffering from a disease that he doesn't want let out. And there's they really know how to use tension well because every single episode has a very consistent level of tension of what's going to happen, what are they going to do. It's never like one episode is build up and then the next is payoff. It's like there's always something going on. It's like oh no, Jack needs to get into this building, but he needs the right credentials. And he goes up to the building thinking he's got the right credentials. But it turns out that the computer hasn't loaded them in yet, so he's he's actually got to, you know, he's got to actually make a distraction so that he can get in. And then, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And it's actually a much more intelligent show 
with very, very surprising twists. There are a number of subplots and character deaths that I did not see coming. And I, I'm not saying the character deaths are the big thing, but, you know, just when they happen, because you honestly don't expect them to happen, because sometimes they'll get away and, you know, and barely, you know, survive and say, like, oh, no, we gotta do this, but then sometimes they'll barely get away, only for them to be killed later. And it's, it, you know, it's a thrilling show, as 24 has always, you know, really held the mantle of being um, Jack Bauer of, of Kiefer Sutherland. Come on, man is the man is is, is just so awesome. Um, great action scenes. Uh, I love the fact that they really got some great talent this time around with uh, Stephen Fry as the Prime Minister. Because hey, every, any any uh, any production with Stephen Fry is already going to be better in my book. Uh, I would give it a. The, the only thing I did not like. The big sticking point with me right. was the uh, subplot with uh, Mark Boudreau, uh played by Tate Donovan, who, pl- uh, you know, I liked Yvonne Strahovski as Kate Morgan, and everybody's kind of, and everyone else's sort of subplots. Some of them kind of felt a little too coincidental, like, oh, this thing just happens to be connected to this thing, but it, that those are few and far between. The thing I did not like was uh, Mark Boudreau, and his whole subplot is about forging the president's signature even though he really didn't need to yeah and the explanation for that is kind of weak it's like oh wait i I can't let you i need you to have plausible deniability it's like okay there's there's that but then there's the fact like you weren't even going after him when this thing started and then you just kind of did it anyway and it it, i don't know it it just it seemed that, that that was the only part that really feel felt really forced to get a a certain subplot going yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I feel like that that part was a little, it's a little weak and also consequential to, uh, c- consequential to serve uh, for the plot line later on, the the latter half of the of the series. But other than that, it didn't take me out too but too much. Uh, but yeah, Yvonne, Yvonne Strahovski was was good too. I, yeah. I always have a soft spot for her as uh, from, from, from as Chuck, Miranda from Chuck and then from uh, Miranda Mass Effect too. So. No, no problem with that. And uh, yeah, I mean, how long is it? What was the last season you would say you saw of Twenty Four? Because me oh, being boy. a Twenty Four veteran, like you know, there's deaths left and right on every season. So sometimes, you know, amongst fans, they can always kind of predict who's gonna die. Sometimes, so I know, it's, I know, it's been a while since you've seen it. So that that kind of effect may have may have worn off on you because that's always been the tropes of. Uh, 24 every season someone someone important may die on, the, uh, on that season uh it's close to the show or uh you know every 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 season too like everyone's a, so everyone somebody's a mole every season so yeah oh yeah someone someone's double crossing like i would like to see um a just a season of 24 everyone just like nope we're all in the up and up let's just go Right. So, uh, how long how long would you say has it been for like a couple like a season I remember something? specifically uh, which uh, I'm, I'm looking up on Wikipedia right now, and the and the one I ended at before starting this one was 24 Redemption, which was the TV movie where Jack was on trial for torturing people, and he oh, goes, "Okay, you damn right, I was torturing people. I was torturing terrorists to save people. Like, don't you people understand this?" Yeah, so I would I would probably say you you, you ended you ended off on. 
yeah, Redemption, which was the prequel to season six. So that's mm-hmm. about uh, about yeah, about three seasons uh, in between this. Uh, yeah, live another day, which is which is fine. I mean, you got a you got a good amount of of seasons, uh, you know, on your belt there. I mean, there was some there was some interesting things that occurred in in season six. Peter Peter Weller was in that season. Oh, cool! Too, Love Peter Weller. Was, Peter Weller was in there. Um, no, it was who else? Some yeah. There was another actor. That James Cromwell was was Jack Bauer's dad. In that yeah. It, whenever they need uh, somebody to be the father figure or the father, they get James Cromwell. Like he was uh, George Stacy in uh, Spider Man Three. He was the Doctor and I Robot. He was. <laughs> Uh, um, he was Matt Damon's dad in uh, Ocean's Thirteen. It's like whenever, whenever you need the father, you get James Cromwell. Yeah, but I think you uh, you, you got a good amount. Of, you got a good chunk of of twenty four under your belt to have a, have a good idea as as to mm-hmm. what is going on. And also, there's a few things that that occurred in there. That I'm sure that they uh, explained there too. Because there's some there were some other uh, relationships that Jack. Uh, was involved in and this all this all other thing with uh, with Audrey too because Audrey ended up being uh, almost a a vegetable like in season six something happened with her oh she ended mm. up getting she ended up getting taken by the Chinese oh okay I didn't I didn't see that at all yeah that was one of the things that that happened she was she was uh, she was tortured by them to get to Jack and that was one of the subplots that occurred during the seasons that how she ended up uh, being affected by it and then in this new season with the living of the day she she ended up kind of recovering from that and uh, and you know being back to her normal self and not uh, being in kind of a comatose state how mm-hmm. she ended up ended up uh, having having to be in like in season six. It was a really depressing season. That last episode was like really really depressing with like Jack just feeling like, like utter crap and feeling like <laughs> any anyone that gets involved with them in their lives will get destroyed and it, it almost <laughs> felt like he was gonna commit suicide in like that last episode because he was looking out on the sea and they're like because he was in his penthouse with the <laughs> Yo with, man, he looking out to sea with the lighthouse in the distance, like that that's that's the uh writer shorthand for he's gonna commit suicide. <laughs> I would say that was probably one of the one of the stronger moments of that season. That season wasn't, from what I remember, wasn't necessarily. I have to rewatch it because I want to rewatch it again. That was during like the writer's strike, so that season kind of mm-hmm. suffered from from the writer's strike. Uh, but after that, it, it definitely, I felt it was solid. After that, season seven, season eight, well, the one was Freddie Prince Jr. and and <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr.'s, and he was good. Like, cause, like he. Yeah. No, he was good in Mass Effect He's a good actor. Three, and you no, know, people. Not Dragon people, Age Inquisition. Not a lot of people. Not a lot of people give him credit, and uh, and of course Scooby Doo. And Scooby Doo. <laughs> and Katie Sackhoff was in one of the seasons too. Ah, cool. Very cool. Very. Uh, I feel like she she should be in more roles, and she's she's on. I think I think she could be a good Miss Marvel. To be honest. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. She's a very strong uh, leading character, and. I I don't I've only seen her in a few roles. Uh, the only one outside of um, of uh, Battlestar Galactica was the Riddick movie that they had recently, and you know she was fine there. But uh, th- she's also got uh, Longmire as uh, I think one of the sheriffs, 
and apparently she's really good in that one. So I think you know I think she could do a very very good uh, leading lady, a very nice uh, you know Captain Marvel, especially. Yeah, one of the, one of the things I regret. I'm sure I could still find, get my hands on. I I, I I regret not finishing up Battlestar Galactica because it was on Netflix for for a time, and then it got as uh, as everything else sometimes occurs on Netflix. You know, things will get taken off of there. I guess due to the probably contract reasons, and they're only on there for a certain amount gonna, of time. I'm going to get flamed for this, but <laughs> you're not entirely missing much. I know, but I still wanted to see it anyways. Like I liked what I I like what I've watched so what I've watched so far, like of that first season. And I know that there were had its up and downs, mm-hmm. even leading up to was like was the finale pretty good at least. The, no, no, Dude, it's 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 like it it's good in the way that oh thank god it's over because it, it felt like it, there was a lot of seasons from I was looking at it. I guess it, there's like six seasons like six or seven seasons and then wasn't, weren't there like tie-in movies and, after two oh, way too many there's like the tie-in movie there was like oh, three boy. tie-in movies maybe um, I'm, maybe I'm glad I didn't see it then there's like a prequel there was like a prequel TV series the thing is it isn't a bad show like, okay the first season of Battlestar Galactica spectacular love it Right. Um, the, f- the first half of the second season and the s- most of the second half of the second season, very, very, very good. And then it just starts to get worse and worse and worse, and you, it just like, Aww. what the hell are you guys doing? And then they they try to get back to the status quo of like, okay, so first they have like the, um, you know, the the caravan of of uh, of ships trying to find Earth, and then they stop and then try to make uh, a new colony. And then they try to do that again of going to Earth and trying to figure out what what's going on and just it 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 really does show that they had no idea and this is something that they admitted that um, they had no plan for the for the show none oh, where it was, just, it was just like okay we're making this up as we go along and it shows a lot and it, especially okay the ending is so freaking confusing because it's. One of the characters who I, I I do love this character, Gaius Baltar, in the uh, in the series because he's this, like conniving, uh, like coward who is like the scientist. He's like he's like this uh, playboy scientist superstar, but he's right. such a huge liar. And he keeps seeing these mental images of Trisha Helfer as number six, uh, and you know who's like seducing him. And like, there's always this question of like. Is it like a chip in his brain that he's seeing her? Like, is he hallucinating her? Is he like, is she actually an angel who you can see? And it, it, it just like they don't ever decide. And then at the end, it just it literally at the end of the show, you go, wait, that makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> because like they're trying to make it seem deep and intellectual, and at the very end, you're just like, holy crap, you guys had no idea what you were doing. Well, from what you told me, it seems like they didn't know. They didn't know either. So, uh, yeah. Oh, that's a shame, man. It's like there's there's these small moments of brilliance inside this, like the just like the overall stuff is just not good. But like the the shorter stuff, first season, fantastic. Watch that first season, and then yeah, I love. I mean, I love that. I mean, that, that the episode like what thirty two. Oh my god! Yeah, that, that was, was an a great amazing episode. episode. It's like oh, every like every single second of that is like brilliant, brilliant, 
brilliant. And then it just like it, and then like the longer the show goes on, the more it's like, it's very important to have a plan. And then you know it's 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 a fine TV show. It's quality, but it's it, it just missing that connective tissue between it all. And a lot of it is you know coincidental storylines for the sake of uh, you know we have this cast of actors who we need to constantly use. So let's not drift out of using them. Thirty three actually, not thirty. Thirty three. Um, yeah, I, I think it seems like it was one of those cases where, like, it really the the show really captured a lot of people that first season, and then, like you said, like it it had it is it had its moments, like it, not a lot of moments, but it had its like very low points, mm-hmm. especially, and it seemed like a lot of people were really rooting for the show to kind of get good, oh, <laughs> so they yes. kind of stuck with it. So I kind of I can kind of see myself wanted for it to be good wanted for it to get better like even after that first season like it had a lot of potential like and maybe not getting everything they wanted but I think it for I think it's for the sake of I think if I watched it now I maybe maybe want to stick with it after the first season but like I it's could definitely it's fine now that you can binge watch it for sure it was I harder could... when you when you were going week to week it's like I don't know if I can invest in this anymore Right, I I feel like if I would have watched this on a weekly basis, I probably would have stuck with it because hey, I'm I'm already finished. I'm already on the second season. I'll probably like I'll probably have to ride this out and and see what what happens, mm-hmm. and, and see where it kind of gets to and 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 how it evolves or devolves. Like there's there's a strange fascination that I could definitely see why people maybe would have stuck with it for that long to see hopefully if. If it even it improved or even had an idea what the hell it wanted to be, it it's even weirder because okay the the mini series and the first season are great, especially since they paint the Cylons and this very mysterious the uh, coloring of like why in the world do they do this, where are they from, like what's their reasoning for this, what is the religion that they have, and and then it's just like oh okay how about this. We make them as as least interesting as possible from then on out. It's, it's and then it's just like, oh no no no, it just because they like this. Oh, well, what about this? No no no, it's just uh, it's just this. Oh, and it just like it. They're not terrible reasons, but it's it just like the least. It like it like uh, you're you're reading a, a biography. Like oh, my dentist is like this really cool guy. He's got a great personality. Like I I like to know where he's from. <clears throat> and so he just like tells you he's from Wisconsin and he grew up in a small town and he didn't really like he was just he, he like he just like a story like a, it's enough story to be uh, like satiating but not enough to be ever for you ever to really want to revisit that it's like oh okay well then I guess that's the case right yep 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 so anyway Battlestar Galactica uh uh, eh, mid interest level and suggestion <laughs> that you go check it out. I definitely recommend that you go check out uh, Downton Abbey. I, I, I didn't think I'd love it, man. That is absolutely my jam now. Oh, definitely. It is, ooh, it is a good one. Definitely put it down on the list on, among many, I mean, many things I have to see. Mm-hmm. It was a nice, it was a nice discussion there. I'm, well, to top it off, I'm glad you uh, enjoyed the 
24 miniseries. Oh, yes. Trust me, the pleasure was all on this side. And I absolutely agree with you that uh, Telltale would make one hell of a of a game out of that, especially with the ethical decisions and characters who live and who die. And very, very interesting. Yeah, I mean, their formula <coughs> of storytelling and uh, the choices you making that you always make uh, would definitely work for, for that series, for sure. Um, yeah, not to mention that uh, it, it would, I think it would definitely bode well for them to, to, do, to do something like that, more kind of action-oriented, more fast-paced mm-hmm. and, and more suspenseful like they're they're really good at doing the suspense so definitely we'll work with them and anything to kind of and anything to and anything if anything uh to get a better 24 game will be great <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was about to say you know they 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 got the high bar uh against them with that previous 24 game on ps2 yeah even though it wasn't good i still i'm always been curious to play it even even so it, I think it was like uh, I think Adam Sessler reviewed it um, back on G4, and he, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm a fan of uh, 24, and this game does not make me want to be a fan of 24." Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I remember that. It, and well, funny. anywho, uh, it, you know, I I do wish the best for 24. I kind of do hope that it comes back and becomes. A long-running series of you know new rotating cast and characters and continues to live on. Yeah, um, I know they always talk. They've always been talking about doing a movie. I don't know what the what the really the plans are at this point after mm-hmm. this, uh, with discussions of like almost a kind of a new newer cast and not including Jack Bauer. I I, I hate to say it may not really come to fruition as, yeah. as we like to expect. I definitely would like to see. Because it does, because it does end on a, on a cliffhanger, as well. Like it, like it kind of always does in in a way, that I like to see kind of a resolution. But I guess that's always been the story of Jack. Like he's just always living on, he's always living on living on the edge, living on the edge. Like he, like he never can really get a good night's sleep. God damn it. <laughs> he's always continuing uh, yeah. the battles. If you ever see Jack Bauer smile. Then that's when you know you've been, you've tra- you traveled over over to the Bizarro universe because mm-hmm. when when things are going right ra- right Jack Bauer does not smile. He's like it's going according to plan. Nothing. Damn it! Damn it, Chloe! Damn it! He uh, he went. He had, I think it was an interview with uh, Jay Leno where he said like uh, because of uh, the swearing clauses in. Fawn Fox shows we can't really swear a lot, but we can say damn. So I try to say damn as much as possible, so that when uh, they have drinking games in college about how many times they say damn, they they have to work for it. Or like Frack, like Battlestar Galactica. We lost Ch. What happened? Call dropped. Hey 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 hey! I was gonna say, like uh, like Frack in Battlestar uh, <laughs> Galactica. Oh yeah, they they get their mileage out of Frack in Battlestar uh, Galactica. They get their mileage out of Dam in Twenty Four. Well, other than that, uh, if, what have you what have you been playing, my good man? Nothing much, honestly. It's um, oh, I 
Uh, that's a lie. I did one of the new uh, thing. One of the new games that I bought was the Rare Replay. I've seen that. I've seen that around uh, on Instagram. Some of the some of the pics of 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 that. What is the what does that include? I've I've been following it. What what games are included in the in that Rare Replay? It uh, includes the Perfect Dark, Perfect Dark Zero. Uh, the two Viva Pinata games, uh, the two ba- Banjo Kazooie, Banjo Tooie, Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts, um, a lot of their older games like Snake Rattle and Roll, Attic Attack, uh, Battle Toads. Uh, uh, Ooh, Battle uh, Toads! Yeah, <laughs> and the fir- the first uh, for the for those of you who don't know the urban legend out there, um, you know GameStop would uh, apparently had a. Uh, you know, people would co- constantly come to GameStop asking if if they had Battletoads, and that was like just like the uh, a reoccurring prank. Like to even like recently, people would be asking, "Do you have Battletoads?" And the first achievement is, "Do you have Battletoads?" Which is just like turning on Battletoads and playing Battletoads for the first time. And it is a really fun game, but uh, a lot of these older games are fairly difficult, and especially with. Uh, you know, such so, such limited lives. So what they did is that they incorporated uh, uh, unlimited lives and the ability to go back. Uh, have a little rewind button where you can go back for like about ten seconds. And one and one of the things I absolutely freaking love is uh, you have a filter that makes it look like an old cathode ray tube uh, television set to make it look like what it, uh, what the game looked like back on uh, an old cathode ray tube. And so that's like, oh, my, that's so cool. And then you have uh, the option for uh, borders that were, you know, designed for the game, you know, with nice art, like uh, for Jet Force Gemini. Oh, and by the way, Jet Force Gemini, never played that one before, but it's got updated, uh, it's got updated controls now, so it's a lot easier to actually maneuver and work with. Um, and just... Uh, RC car explosion, or I can't remember what it was, but uh, the original Killer Instinct Gold, I think, is the game. It, there's essentially 30 games for $30, and it's one hell of a savings. And I gotta say, the presentation, fantastic. It is, it, it, it's this kind of uh, cabaret of, of, uh, of features and games and, you know, these cool little bits of music. And it's very lovingly done, and I gotta say, the opening uh, cinematic for this entire game uh, deserves some kind of award for the song, for the creativity. It reminded me a lot of Animaniacs, that intro to Animaniacs, where they introduce all the different elements and all the different uh, game... uh, Well, you know, for Animaniacs, they introduced kind of the world, they introduced the the characters. That's kind of what they do with uh, Rare, especially with uh, trying to get everybody... Uh, introduced, and one of one of my favorite parts is the great the voice actor for the great mighty Pooh uh, manages to come back for uh, for his own uh, little solo moment. So it's it's a very very uh, good collection. <coughs> and boy, I, I just gotta say this is nice classics. I'm kind of sad that because of licensing issues, uh, Goldeneye and um, uh, Goldeneye and uh, the Donkey Kong Country games can't get on there, but uh, you know it's it is what it is. It's licensing, so yeah. but it's still a good collection as is. I would have I would have clamored a lot for uh, Donkey Kong or Donkey Kong sixty four. 
That would have been something. Like, is anyone really clamoring for a Perfect Dark Zero in this collection? <laughs> nobody know. is. Nobody is clamoring for Perfect Dark Zero. Where, where there was, you know, just everybody who worked on that game just had nothing but bad things to say. Like, yeah, they told us to do it. Yeah, we didn't really want to do it. And you know, I, I never played Viva Pinata when it first came out, and I was like, oh, that's a good, you know, rare doing that game. It's actually a really fun game. It's like Harvest Moon, but more direct, where you're, you know, trying to get the right animals, and it's surprisingly dark because it's like the the premise of the game is you are raising pinata animals on this island to eventually one day be sent off to a children's birthday party to where they can be uh, fulfill their one act of creation and be split open so the candy inside of them can be devoured by children. And there's an ecosystem of animals eating other animals. Um, they, they have a colloquial... You know, they, they can't say the animals are mating for an E-rated game, so they say the animals are dancing and having and just like having a fun time but there's like some very suggestive dialogue in there about like the animals mating and just it, it's such a it's such a very you know cleverly dark and game not not dark as in like morbid but dark you know a little bit like a little sneaky little little cheeky buggers that they have in there some cheeky lines and uh yeah they they've done a great job with this with this uh, collection that's really cool uh, like it reminds me of uh Another game that came out a while back that gave you the option to really fully customize the presentation of of the game, especially mm-hmm. with like adding the CRT scan lines. Like I, I probably you probably feel more more at home if you're playing those games uh, by putting those scan lines rather than just playing it oh, on yeah. HD TV. It's like this doesn't feel right. This doesn't feel like how I played it. If I have to squint, if I don't have to squint to play your game, you're not doing it right. It's not the it's not the absolute version of of this game from back in like '96. Mm. That's really cool. I mean, I, that's really uh, really impressive uh, collection of games they they put together uh, for what what's the price range on on that? As thirty amount? bucks. Thirty bucks. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. I feel like they could have priced it more. But Microsoft has really good. learned. Mm-hmm. I I feel like that you know they really stepped out of the gate with some problems where it's you know first the always online DRM thing and then then you know you have to have connect on there and you know now they're now they're starting to really win uh, people over with just the games and they realize like okay we can't just kind of stick to our laurels we have to improve and make it make it like the must have uh, type of system. Right. And with Rare Replay, they've done one outstanding job. That's really good. Like, uh, really, really uh, doing well, doing good by the people who love these games and not really overpricing, mm-hmm. overpricing these uh, older they games. They could have charged sixty can, bucks for this. They could have, but I'm glad that they. I'm glad to hear that they didn't, because they definitely any other company probably would have EA probably would have charged you sixty bucks. <laughs> Plus a season pass for some of those things. Oh, yeah. Season pass, day one DLC, and you know what's you know just playing the uh, playing throughout the entirety of it of of all the rare games. You just it just very it's just so obvious that these guys 
loved to experiment, loved to try different things, weren't afraid of going into different genres and different uh, different types of story. You know, they, they would go for like kind of serious sci-fi adventure with uh, perfect dark and then silly cartoon fun third-person game with uh, Banjo-Kazooie and then have kind of like the dark dark again I'm sorry dark I, I must be I must have just watched Man of Steel because I keep saying dark over and over again as a criticism <laughs> um, yeah and then they have the kind of uh, M-rated uh, raunchy humor that is um, in uh, that's Conker's Bad Fur Day and yet constantly changing it up and con- and just con- consistently doing different things Right. Or like fighting games, first-person shooter, third for uh, uh, platformers, arcade beat-em-ups, and you know, no one has, no one did it like Rare. No one has ever done it as you know, you know uh, oh, shoot, who is it? Uh, Platinum. You know, they they make you know a lot of different variations of great uh, action games, but they're still action games. You know, they they don't they haven't tried to go into first-person shooter or. Or uh, the like, and you know it's it's very hard for experimentation to succeed, and I gotta applaud Rare for that uh, playing over these games. Oh yeah, I, lo- I, lo- I love Rare. Like they they're they're when they were with Nintendo, they were just they were on top. I loved the, I loved all the games <laughs> they put out. They're definitely one of the most uh, diverse developers that I'm just really uh, I'm not even surprised because they do such a good job and and they have such a diverse palette of, of games that they managed to still uh, be around today a lot you know, a lot of companies like you know midway closing down and you know yeah a lot of other like neversoft you know closing down too like a lot of these uh, older development teams that we're familiar yeah. with from back in the 90s just uh, all you know close it seems like they're all but non-existent. It's like no, okay for Midway, been, I can understand yeah. Midway because they tried to make a new, uh, they tried to make a new uh, game engine for every single game that they made instead of just like reusing another one. That's true, and uh, they, but yeah, Rare Rare is a great great developer. They they ain't no Dice Dice wish they Dice wishes <sighs> they could be Rare. <laughs> oh, they, I I assume there's just like. Uh, EA, an EA exec, like walks in the room. It's like, hey, get back to work, and like snaps a whip, and then just like walks back out into the the hallway, and then like un- uh, the the once uh, dice employee just like opens up his drawer and has like a little medallion that says rare, and he's like lovingly strokes it. He goes, one day, I shall live up to your greatness, but first I must make another battlefield game. Who knows? They may they may prefer working for Konami than. Making another Battlefield whoa, whoa, game. Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> EA, EA at least pays. <laughs> oh, at least pays its employees and doesn't get, like they switch them out for uh, janitorial staff when uh, when uh, Konami employees like spoke up against the the company or did interviews that, uh, of like Konami breaking down. Like there is some seedy shit going on over at Konami. It's uh, it's this disturbingly. Uh crazy what's what's going on over there uh i gotta we gotta i gotta investigate further because i have a konami building here in vegas that i drive by every day <laughs> i gotta get up to the konami headquarters and see what the hell's going on over here it's like we don't know what you're talking about we only make slot machines here get out of here <laughs> Pachink- i know you got more than pachinkas going on here oh yeah uh, that's probably what they uh 
they're they're probably what to do in here. That's probably that's all that is. Uh, these uh, and since I'm you know since I'm in Vegas, they got probably got a bunch of these slot machines in that in that building you drive by every day. No no lie, I drive by. There's a Konami building, not like like five minutes away from my house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. I always shake my fist like, damn you, Konami, make a good <laughs> Castlevania game again. They they did. It's bloodstained. Bloodstained. <laughs> yeah, the the kicks. I, I once again, I love Kickstarter because at least it provides you know these developers an avenue of really uh, you know tapping into what they love. And of course, there's been some abuse of it, like uh, Red Ash, um, you know, some of the other uh, kind of, um, Double Fine's uh, you know adventure game where they kind of messed around with some of the funding. And just you know, there's been some abuse, but what I love is that this is more far more direct. And of course, the damn Shinmu three Kickstarter. I don't want to punch someone in the front. I'll be calm now. I'll be calm. Serenity now. Serenity. Serenity now. Hoochie mama. Uh, just, just. So, oh, we need ten million dollars to get the real game. You know what? The the game has been funded. Why isn't Sony backing you up? Like five million dollars is chump change to them. Come on. I'm I'm just really I'm just I'm just waiting for uh, for Barkley two to to blow me out of the waters. Just to be the that oh, kickstarter. This game is canon. That game this, is canon. I, I just I I'm, I'm just I cannot wait for that game to come out. Just playing Charles Barkley Shop and Jam. Just so in, original, so innovative. So great, especially with Walter Brimley as the uh, diabetes wizard. <laughs> so good, and a bunch of like little Easter eggs. You don't even know. You can definitely, like, you definitely Joanna miss. Man is the Joanna love interest. Man, Ghost Dad. <laughs> oh my god! Which after knowing a lot more about Bill Cosby makes makes his boss a lot a lot more scarier. And a lot more satisfying to defeat. That's true. Um, yeah, that's really that's um, it was really interesting to hear that uh, that they pr- decently priced the, the the rare collection that you need and that you've uh, gone back to the realm of uh, those uh, classic rare games and uh, having a good old time with that. I'm gl- I'm glad to hear it. I'm, I'm definitely going to be hopefully getting back into uh, some couple of games. Uh, I've been really interested in, in playing uh, Rocket League. I've heard a lot of good things about it. Mm-hmm. Definitely yeah, want to check absolutely. that out. Rocket, Rocket League, and probably just catch up on finishing up some of the games I have for my uh, 3DS, which has been kind of gathering dust for for a little bit. I want to finish up some of the Phoenix Wright games I have for it since I already bought them, so I might as well play them. And just uh, as a placeholder to. Pretty much, uh, Medica Solid, yeah. Phantom Pain, which I'm looking forward to uh, very much to see how how that game is, and very interested into seeing what the story's like. Just the just the trailers alone, which just make get me get me so much uh, so much hype to play and experience the story to see uh, what kind of the direction final Kojima, one last time. Kojima will be taking. Yeah, last that uh, Fox Kojima. Ending, man. It looks. That looks- Fantastic, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It, it captures Kiefer Sutherland's 
small, the small acting bits that make him just the best snake. Well, what about me? <laughs> we just like Colonel Metal Gear, and Kiefer Sutherland's like, "Listen, I don't have time for this shit. I'm gonna go get this son of a bitch. I don't know why he has a Western accent now. I like it though. <laughs> that, snake's been be everywhere. Great. No, no explanation. Just randomly as a a, a Southern draw, like." Otacon, get you, you get your damn anime caricatures out of here before I kick your ass. We can stick a blunderbust and we'll get you <laughs> down the street, up your butt. I, 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 would, I would like him to be Boomhauer from King of the Hills. Like, man, man, dang old Mel Gears and Elston, you know, walking on a nuclear proliferation, man. It's like, you know, damn it. What are you going to do, man? It's like, like, United States of America. DLC. <laughs> uh, I'm still waiting for that. Uh, I'm still waiting for the uh, Corgi is the new Diamond Dog <laughs> a DLC in there. Ooh, I'd pay. But, uh, I uh, I would I'd, I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah, I I did see the new uh, also the new RoboCop a couple of months back. How uh, how was it? I never never got to see it. I liked it. I actually really liked it. It was surprisingly better story than I thought it was going to be. Uh, good action and you know it's good. That's cool. Uh, I never honestly. I just I just didn't really feel the need to see it. I mean, I could I yeah. always I always loved the original. I feel like I could never really really surpass that. I just I just love the uh, excessive. Uh, Excessive gore that was in that movie and for the movie in what the late the late early eighties or one of the, oh, it, it Paul Verhoeven so at his best. I was yeah, that's what I loved the most about it. Just Paul Verhoeven <laughs> going all out, not giving a not giving the a satire, coot. just good stuff. <laughs> that I want, I want a fast car with terrible mileage. <laughs> some of the some of it's still true today. Mm-hmm. It, it, and I gotta say the the new film isn't as obvious with the satire, but Samuel Jackson does a good uh, Glenn Beck impression, and uh, it you know it's actually um, yeah don't let the PG thirteen uh, rating fool you. It's actually really good, and some of it's actually pretty intense, especially when they reveal his uh, uh, you know what happened to him physically. It's like ew, gross. <laughs> But uh, yeah, good movie, much better than I thought. Kind of, you know, RoboCop going alongside Dread. Yeah, surprisingly good remix. Well, Dread didn't didn't have a whole lot of a worry to live up to <laughs> what we got originally, which is the yeah, which is Sylvester Stallone version where he had his he had his mask helmet off the whole movie. Yeah, it's well, they they <laughs> who is um. Who, who played the the clone brother? Oh shit! Yeah, I am... <laughs> and and Rob Schneider being jammed in there. Don't don't remind me of Rob Schneider. He had a, he's had a illustrious career, man. He's been in he's been in action movies with Sylvester Stallone. He's had his that's, own. That's he's the had, about it. He's had his oh he's Armand a, Asante. That's a cool name. He is, he is 
first on any alphabetical list and first in my heart. <laughs> and uh... it, but you know, it, it, you know that um, judge that Judge Dread movie, not that good. The the new Dread movie, holy crap, that was awesome. I really hope to make another one. Yeah, me too. I hope against hope. I know. You know, Carl Urban and the director are just like, yeah, it's probably not going to happen. I just, I just really want some studio to pick up the movie rights and be like, yeah, we're going to make this movie right now. Diane Lane. D- Di- Diane. Diane Lane is uh, one of the other judges back in Judge Dredd. Yeah, it's. And oh, Lena Headley. Uh, he- not Headley. Headley Lamar. Uh, Lena Headey in uh, in Dread is uh, Mama. That she was she was a really really good villain in that one. Yeah, very very good. Um, so understated. Just looking through the cast list, but I, I will look at this at another time just to see. <laughs> just seeing Rob Schneider's smiling, magnificent face. I, I there is really nothing he could possibly do that. He hasn't already sunk to already those bad levels, like uh, he was in the hot chick or whatever. Where he's like, okay, one where he like switches bodies with an animal, and then another one where he switches bodies with um with a woman. And it's like that that there's all and both of them were terrible. It's just like this this guy obviously doesn't really have a whole lot of range going on. Rab Schneider is Rab Schneider. <laughs> or the one who's like, you saw, you saw him trade bodies with an animal and a woman. Now see him trade bodies with a carrot. Uh, but yes, Rob Schneider's terrible. Oh yes, and uh, Deuce Bigelow. <laughs> the Deuce Bigelow movies. I like Deuce Bigelow. I just me. That, uh, that, Gary, Gary, that Gary Busey was Gary Busey was, the, was the highlight in it. You're the guy. You're the one who's been enjoying that movie. Who kept uh, it on the blockbuster shelves. Hey, I'd take it. I'd take it over to any of the uh, Adam Sandler movies. So Rob Schneider is, is, is king compared oh my to God. Adam Sandler. It, I, no, no argument here. And the... Uh, y- y- you, know, you know Adam Sandler's next film is supposed to be a western. And... Uh, and apparently, the script uh, for the Native Americans was so offensive they all walked off the uh, all, all all of them walked off the uh, all of them walked off the set, and so they're getting in uh, white people to be Native Americans, and so they're literally going uh, uh, red face for this movie, Has which is like worst? a whole new level of what the fuck are you doing, Adam Sandler? It's just like okay, you ins- okay, you make terrible films, then you insult our intelligence. Then you insult the critics and everyone who challenges you, and now you are literally bringing back racism that was outdated for the seventies. What the hell? The declaration of war. Did uh, Adam Sandler must be stopped for the good of mankind? Oi. Well. Oi. Oi. <laughs> yeah, Oppa. but uh, anyway, I. I, I'm, I think I'm right ahead on out tonight, but uh, I want to say thank you so much, man. I've it's been a while, and I it's good to get back into the swing of uh, doing a podcast. I, I feel you. I think uh, Adam Sandler brought this whole podcast down that we just have to 
gotta end this on this on this note. But no, I, I appreciate. Uh, yeah, you making uh, you make it out of here tonight, Ch. Glad to, glad to be back and uh, and doing this again, getting back into the the swing of things. Uh, yeah, fortunately we, we don't have any questions uh, for this week, which is which is not too bad. I'm just <clears throat> just happy to get back into the swing of things. I will definitely be continuing. Uh, Resuming work on the the Blade Thumbs website and and kind of seeing where the progress goes on that and uh, keep you I'll keep you guys all informed. Uh, other than that, you can follow us on Twitter at Spooner Forty Seven and at Ch Underscore Gorog and also all our, all our episodes go up on a YouTube channel, uh, iTunes, uh, Mixler for sure when you when we go on live and the BGB dot com our friends over there. Check them out. Check out their uh, podcast, Get Coins of Die Trying. Good podcast. Listen to it all the time. And uh, gotta that's gotta catch them all. That was just random. <laughs> gotta catch them all. <laughs> gotta catch all of them. Rob, Rob Schneider films before oh. they're found and burned. I was I was thinking about playing the the new the last new Pokemon games X Y or Z or whatever. And I, I, was I like, am I, like. And then I thought about it, I was like, I can't, I can't get into this anymore because I just, uh, Pokemon <laughs> is like a whole other realm of just uh, dedication. Like, com- dedication gaming. Like this is the why I can't play The Sims because just I sp- I'll spend <laughs> hours just tinkering with everything. I just I, I'll be like, non-existent. oh, you'll be ADD going over like, okay, now if I if I use this potion but use this Pokeball, I'll be able to get a point three percent increase on chance of capturing it. But not if I play it on a Tuesday morning after I've had breakfast, where it's just like it, it, I I can't do it because it's all that information, as well as the fact there's like new styles, there's like mega evolutions. There's I can't, I, I'm, I can't I'm do six, it. Absolutely, I'm like six generations behind. And there's, there's too like, much Pokemon. I remember what it was 150. Now it's like 700. I can't do it. There's too much Pokemon. There are literally more animals in these games than there are in real life. This is why this is why Ash Ketchum is still on Pokemon <laughs> show because he still has so much Pokemon to catch because he keep making more. Dude, he he absolutely sucks as a trainer. He has like he's caught like twenty five Pokemon like total, including the evolutions. He's caught like, some good ass Pokemon that he's let go, like Charizard. I can yeah. go all day. It's <laughs> terrible. Uh, the only one that was sad is like, okay, I like the fact that he says butter free, uh, free, so that he can finally get some Nookie and start his own family. But um, yeah, it's just like, dude, you are obviously not going to be ever be the best that ever was, because you've like been to every single region, you gotten all the gym badges, and you have basically no Pokemon to show for it. Catch there. But but I still have nostalgia for it. No, but of course, yeah. It's like it's like that was our. Well, you know, Dragon Ball came around at the same time, so it's just like that in Dragon Ball Z, where it took three hundred episodes to get to the next plot point. Dragon, yeah, Dragon Ball is another thing that I've been wanting to get into, but then I thought about it as like, no, too much time investment, too much ten episodes set pieces setting up one fight scene that'll last 50 minutes I can't I can't do this anymore like Pokemon I remember too I remember the great satisfaction of, of playing Pokemon I remember catching like Snorlax which was like a big deal for me and then and then my my game saves being deleted and losing all my 
awesome Pokemon that I spent so much time investments uh, over a hundred hours as like as a young kid playing Pokemon. I just can't do it anymore. Like no. I can't do it. It's too much. It's like listen, there's only twenty four hours in the day. I can't spend divvy it up. You know, trying to find. You know, going in one small patch of grass trying to find an Abra who will only teleport away as soon as I try to throw a Pokeball at it. Oh my I can't God. do it anymore. I remember that. I remember doing that. I wanted to catch an Abracadabra. Uh, Abracadabra, Alakazam. Alakazam, Alakazoo, whatever. And then the the ghost Pokemon, and then the and then the uh, the legendary uh, Pokemon that always run away from battle. I have to put them to sleep so I can try to get them. And even then, it take like twenty Ultra Balls to catch. And, and let's not even start with uh, Magikarp. We're just like the only way that you can level him up to actually be worth a damn in Gyarados is to like put him as your number one slot in whenever you're fighting so he has like just enough experience from like looking at another Pokemon to help him and then like switch him out that's what I always did I always I I started him out first had him splash and then switched and then uh, had the other Pokemon take care of the the rest and you know just just like you said like that little experience gets you I never even bothered because him and Psyduck were like worthless to me I can't Psyduck always getting confused it, it, okay, so it's like if you capture a random uh, metapod, the only thing you can do is harden. <laughs> it's like he has he has no defenses, and God help you if you're trying to evolve him. Yeah, it, it didn't want too much of a formula they put together to figure that out. <laughs> too advanced, too advanced for me. But yeah, it was nice. <laughs> <laughs> and then you ended this podcast on reminiscing of of, of Pokemon. I yes. Mean, I, to be fair, they, they were they, they were fun games. Um, they were fun games back in the day. I had nothing against them. I had a, a wonderful time. That, that's when I had all the time in the world. But not now. I can't do it again. I can't do uh, it. We got yeah. jobs now, so sadly uh, we don't have time all the time in the world for video games. But I and appreciate it. At, yeah. And speaking of uh, not having all the time in the world as much as we'd like to, uh, time to probably, for me and this episode, it's midnight over here, and so I'd like to to check on out for tonight. I gotcha. So thank you all for listening. This has been 165, a Boy <laughs> Comes Podcast, and, and CH will be going comatose. Yes. He'll, be, gotta, he'll me... be hibernating right now. Let me get some of this 100 proof whiskey, and then I'll definitely be comatose. All so. right, keep it keep it locked, folks. We'll catch you on the next one. See you later. You've got to catch, nice. catch, catch them all. Got to catch all the Rob Schneider's. Catch all the Rob Schneider directed DVD movies. Oh yeah, with Steven Seagal. Uh, especially <laughs> the one when he was in prison, and he, and he learned he learned to defend himself kung fu by David Carradine. <laughs> That's real though. I'm not making it up. Was he? Did he uh, then choke himself after he did that? Just like, if you excuse me, I need to go over to this over this hanging door. That's uh, that was in the uh, that ended up being in in Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> oh man, some some movies deserve to be seen by all. Bill was here. <laughs> Well, anywho, I'm heading on off. We'll see you guys later, and it's good to be back. All right, take it easy, everybody.